Hello and welcome everybody to the Melomancy Podcast. This is MP82, episode 82. Episode 82 of the Melomancy Podcast. Melomancy Podcast, episode 82. My name is Dylan. My name is Victim. I'm Rick. <laughs> and I was going to say, like, I was about to cut in. Honestly, like I was worried that you were on a loop. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna give my own rendition. I was like, I'm gonna sneak in, and then, but you, 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 you went one less than I figured you were gonna do. So I just, <laughs> I'm losing my mind slowly. So, um, dear listeners, uh, my my main social media right is is Shitposter Club, my dear home on on the Fediverse, and Shitposter Club has been down for like two weeks now, right? Um, <clears throat> Save us, Moon. He's losing it. I, I think it was a hardware failure. Uh, that's what I thought at first. But then the uh, static message on the website, if you actually try to go there, uh, mentions it's like database related, which is uh, never a good thing. Ever, ever. So like... Did we lose shit poster? Did it die? Die? <laughs> I doubt it. He's got backups. But like, how old are those backups? Do they work? I don't know. Right. So... Does it predate my existence on shit poster? Uh, oh, yeah. He, 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 no, he I mean, pegs like, me as the kind of guy that would... Have rolling back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or automated. Yeah. Does it predate my existence on ship? No. Whether or not I use it very often. I have uh, very high hopes in ship posters full recovery, Um, but I uh, I made a point to not have any alt accounts, and uh, I'm starting to regret it. So I I, you might see me make an alt account just to have one, uh, but rest assured, once it's back and, and viable, I will be right back on it. My dear home, but uh, I am fishing around for potential other place to set up shop because uh, I, I like to interact with the audience, and most of our audience is on the Fetty because we fucking talk about it all the time, and that's where I discuss the show online as well. I'm also on Noster. Noster has been my rock for a bit, so um, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a bridge between uh, Activity Pub, which is what the Fetty uses, and Noster that is uh, made by one of the uh, Noster devs. I won't go into detail. Uh, if you know him, you know him. I, I actually uh, am friends with the guy, and I even gifted him a, a Steam game for Christmas. But uh, whatever. Uh, the point is, is that there's a bridge so that Nostra users can talk to Fediverse users, and Fediverse users can talk to Nostra users. But it kind of sucks for the Fedi users because they get to see these long hexadecimal usernames, uh, which are not their real usernames. It's like some other property of their account, right? Um, but I was able to follow some people that I follow on the Fedi. Um, very shallow fraction of what I used to interact with but um i could still see them it's not the same so no, an, I, an alt account is coming well maybe moon will get it working by the time you even post this episode that would be awesome uh but yeah so um you know uh people of earth uh give moon your energy raise your hands to the sky for the database spirit bomb um, and if you want to support us, we are a value for value show, uh, get a modern podcast app, load it up with the magic internet money and hit the stream button or a boostagram. And if you do, we'll actually read them on the show. I don't think we have any this time. Do we, we I, haven't had any in a minute. Uh, we haven't had any in a while. I, that's there, okay. There's been some new people, uh, streaming stats and I love you all. Um, but as far as boosts go, fountain does not say I have any to read this time. Uh, but that is Okay. <laughs> the sats be flowing. <laughs> I haven't run out yet. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I, I, I don't convert them back into the dollar. I just I, I, I boost other podcasts and I stream other sats to other podcasts with the money that we get from the show. So it's like I, I like to give back. 
none of the podcasts I listen to are cool enough to have uh, podcasting too. Instead, they try to sell you. They try to sell you uh, hair cream and ball shavers. Uh, no, actually, uh, they're very big on uh, athletic greens. See, I'm, I was going to say a few uh, brand names. So one of them uh, they cover. They they do humorous. Uh, and I've discovered the differences between American and British culture because of the, this has some very large like gaps. Uh, they covered Disney Channel original movies and the, uh, Michael Mouse has just declared war on them because uh, the Amir region has lost a huge swath of Disney Plus content. Hmm. Um, the Amir region for people who are unaware is like Europe and Northern Africa that used to be British Empire Northern Africa. I, I thought it was pronounced Amia. Amia. Sorry, I said Amir. Uh, <laughs> I w- sorry, I was thinking Northern Africa the whole time, and uh, Amirs, I think, uh, like, are have been leaders in that area. I was going to say, that uh, sounds like a planet-side continent. <laughs> no, no, Amirs used to be, like, leaders of s- some, like, uh, Arab nations, I think. I I don't remember. I know it's a word in, somewhere deep in my lexicon that I hardly ever use. <laughs> But yes, you're right. They have a region. Um, and so, yeah, they. Uh... Anyways, so, yeah, uh, Disney Plus, for some reason, was like, why don't we just remove a shit ton of content with no warning? Disney's uh, so fucking stupid. I can't believe it. Like... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they they handle Disney Channel original movies because they watched a shit ton during the pandemic together because we all picked up weird fucking habits. Mm-hmm. Um, um so yeah and uh they kind of make fun of them and now they had so la- this last week they had a vpn sponsor yeah because of that <laughs> so okay that's hilarious really, yeah it was really funny to do that and uh uh zocdoc is one of their longtime sponsors as well hmm. well but yeah we will never bow to a corporate sponsor uh because no. i hate Fuck money that. no uh what's it called <laughs> um well, we're definitely not popular enough, honestly, for people to reach out to us, and we're not reaching out to them. Yeah, that's what's cool about value for value is uh, you don't need a big audience to uh, make it big in value mm-hmm. for value. You just need passionate fans that are willing to share their value with you because they find what you say valuable. That's a good. It's a working system, and I'm so glad they extended it to music and uh, with thanks to Noster, also social media, like same idea. Like uh, I can make a shit post on Noster, and I might make like a few sats from people zapping it, right? Which is very similar to how like uh, uh, liking a comment in Fountain, if you've ever done that, or liking a Boostergram, like you send uh, a couple sats to whoever posted it. Um, there's also a Reddit clone called Stacker News that does the same thing. Sats are cool. They're they're not really worth anything, but um, it's fun. It's fun, okay? Fun magic internet money. Yeah, it's funny ma- magic internet money, and it lets you actually use money even though it's like yeah, magic internet. Money. So uh, I gotta say, if you're new to the show and you're new to value for value, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, a sat that's short for a Satoshi and a Satoshi is the smallest divisible fraction of a Bitcoin. So like, I, I don't know how many that is like a hundred thousand, a honestly million. I don't know. Some very large number of sats is one Bitcoin. So yeah. one sat is like less than a penny. But uh, it feels good when you make a shit post and someone sends you like 100 sats. It's like, oh, thank yeah, you. I mean, it's it's still money, even though it's a negligibly small amount that you'll never so cash out. That, yeah, <laughs> the ha- happy chemicals and brain go, woo. 
So share with me your happy brain chemicals. I oh, welcome no. it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Dear I was listeners. like, um, I can look at the amount of sats I have. I've never actually like looked at the amount I have. Not you. <laughs> I'm talking about to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Share me, me your brain chemicals. <laughs> yeah. Feed me, Seymour. Whereas uh, with, with Disney, it's, it's funny you mentioned them in regards to that other podcast. Because like, it feels like Disney is like trying to adopt the Sony strategy. It feels like not with deleting stuff, but with like their business model in general. Cause like when you think about it, their streaming service sucks. The only streaming service that's worse than Disney is probably Funimation, which is going away anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Funimation, like their player didn't even work. Like I, I tried subscribing cause I, I like that stuff like Dragon Ball Z and shit. Right. Like the anime that I grew up with on the TV, right. It was all dubbed by Funimation. So it, made sense to try it, but it was so shit. I, I couldn't even use it well, on mean, my smart TV and all the help online was like, oh, try your laptop. It's like, I'm not going to go bust out a laptop and hook it up to my living room TV. I'm a goddamn adult, right? I own I a house. Like I have a TV. I have a nice TV. That's smart. Like I shouldn't have to do that. And uh, so I fucking didn't. Right. But Disney Plus, like if we ignore Funimation for a second, Disney Plus is like the worst streaming service. And I know some people might hear that and, and, and be appalled, like, but, but what about Freebie and, and Voodoo and, and fucking all these other, like, weirdo, like, random streaming services? No, Disney sucks, honestly. Like, their one uh, defining feature is their original stuff, half of which they acquired from another company, Fox, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the Disney Channel was originally uh, Fox Family, wasn't it? They I merged think, the two channels, right? Yeah, I think so. Um that might have been Disney XD. I don't know. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Disney XD was, I think, the Fox family. Sorry, yeah. you're right. I'm, I'm not like too well versed in Disney acquisition lore. Right. But uh, basically the the uh, the killer feature of Disney Plus is their original content. And yes, they, they play the game where they make new stuff that only happens on Disney Plus. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. Like that's why Netflix is still a streaming leader, because while Say what you will about the quality of their original shows. Uh, they invest the money that they make in making original shows. They're not just reselling what other people have made, right? Yeah. That is noble and uh, a good business model. And Disney Plus has done it. They started really slow with like Mandalorian and some of their Marvel stuff that I don't even know the names of anymore. And a lot um, of it's very bad. A lot of it is very bad. Like uh, I was on board for some of the Star Wars stuff, but it got pretty mid pretty fast like uh go back in our episode history uh, i think um when the kenobi show was airing we were giving our our play-by-play -play takes because i was i was watching it as it was coming out because i was a big fan of the prequels and that actually was one of their better shows but like mm -hmm. book of boba fett was awful i didn't even watch andor ahsoka oh, was which good is weird because in like andor has this problem of being like their like their best written show but it came out during like the oh man they're just going to start turning out crap uh era of the live action star wars shows. yeah nobody gave it a chance neither did i right now well, I, will, uh, I will say their most recent star wars show uh which is ahsoka was very good um and there is some hope so that's why i only downgraded my subscription to the ad tier i didn't get rid of it <laughs> however um as far as like content goes it's the sony strategy that's what i was saying like um with sony uh, they have a lot of exclusives. They have a lot of studios, right? Um, and this brings me to a, a recent story that happened uh, after we recorded our last episode. Uh, Xbox, you know, after they laid off all those people, they're like, hey, we're going to start a podcast. Strange choice of words. Um, 
And they yeah. did. And in that presentation, they made a bunch of announcements about how um, Microsoft wants to be to lean more heavily into publishing. I think they have a pretty good strategy, actually. I I did summarize it on Noster, if you follow me there. Um, I, I shared my thoughts in a, a pretty long post. But uh, in, like, summary, right, uh, they want to be focused on publishing. Uh, they want to continue investing in Game Pass, which uh, is a pretty good deal, I, I, I will admit. I I unsubscribe for a reason, but it's still a pretty good right deal. It's always right there. It's always right there. It does, as a Linux gamer, uh, it doesn't really help me because uh, I was never able to really make use of the PC games on there. Uh, but I do own an Xbox, but it's in my son's room, and he just plays Minecraft and Burnout Paradise all day. So whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's in your son. Well, right? You just said it's in your son's room, so it's off limits to you, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I'm over it, but uh, I, I understand that it's a, it's a working business strategy, right? Like, so what they announced is that they're going to continue investing in that. They're going to focus on publishing, and they're taking four exclusives, uh, whose names we now know. One of them was Sea of Thieves, and I don't think I give a shit about the other three. I don't even recognize what they were. Um, uh, I think Hi-Fi Rush is... Uh, oh, Hi-Fi Hi Rush. Rush is a big deal. Right. Yeah. Hi-Fi Rush. I think the other one was in, not Enshrouded. Um, it sounds like Enshrouded. I, I, I originally thought it was Enshrouded, yeah. but it's not. Hi-Fi Rush is the only one I remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, that and Sea of Thieves. Uh, it, was, it was like Pen... Pen... Penion or Point, I forget, I forget the fucking name. It's a game I, I, I've heard people talk good, good stuff about. I just I, I hardly know anything about it though. Mm -hmm. And I also forget what the other one was offhand. Right, and it's like this game's not on my radar, honestly. Yeah. Um. So High Pride Rush, uh, Pentiment, uh, Pentiment. That's what it was. Grounded and Sea of Thieves. Grounded's actually kind of a big deal too because it's a complete survival game, which is such a rare thing to find. Yeah. Um, becoming less rare, but definitely, yeah. Especially considering it's actually kind of an older one, though. And these are just the initial ones. There are other ones. Oh, and these are PlayStation Five and Switch games. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, it's not just coming to PS Five. It's it's going wherever they can. Yeah. The well, Xbox was discovered much like Sega did. During, except for it took Sega having to shut down like iconic studios uh, to figure out this um, that. Third-party publishing is where the money truly is because you don't have nearly as much overhead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it found, you know, we found out that the majority of the people that Microsoft laid off were in their physical media departments. Like, you know, digital sales are like, yeah, I, I think it's ninety percent of all game sales are digital now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we went says Microsoft it, during that presentation. I'm referring to. Yeah, and obviously a ninety percent. Uh, like when somebody drops ninety percent as a statistic, it's a bit of a lie. Stretch one way or the other, but that's even if they're like fifteen percent off, and it's only what seventy five percent of sales. That's still so much that just pushing the market by not making physical media anymore is a way to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the consoles now. Uh, well, I'm not so sure about Nintendo, but. Uh... All of the consoles now use the same architecture for their CPUs. Like during the PS3 era, uh, Sony invented the cell processor, which was like this weird fucking alien technology. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're very advanced for its time, but uh, it was so different that you couldn't just port games from one to the other. Like it's either made for PS3 or it was made for something else. Right. Whereas right. now games have a lot more in common where you can m 
for the most part, build it one time and then like port it elsewhere with very little effort, uh, which is what Microsoft plans to do. Uh, of course, uh, they're developing for Xbox first. So all of these games that are going to be multi-platform, they are going to be designed for and run best, uh, presumably on Xbox because that's right. what they're trying to sell because they, they still want to sell Xboxes. And it's like, okay, if you have a PC, it's probably running Windows, which is a Microsoft product or if you have a console, we hope you have an Xbox, in which case Games Pass is available to you and has a lot of our good shit day one in the past, which is something that Sony hasn't quite done yet. Now, I I like Sony's offering better. Um, maybe it's preference, but like the games available in Game Pass, like, yeah, they, they got the, the day one stuff. That's pretty good. And they have some some pretty heavy hitters from history like Minecraft, right? Burnout Paradise. Uh, I had to go buy those games because I killed Game Pass, but my son wanted to play them. So, like, I get it, right? But like, I like the games in Sony's past better, but they're not always new. And the, the, the newest games that are in there, they weren't added when they came out. Like uh, they just got Tales of Arise, which Vic tells me is pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, well, now I can play three. <laughs> and it'll be even better for you. Yeah, I'm sure there's an old um, episode where we were mocking Sony's paltry storefront. Yes, um, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, so like, like they've they've made strides to be a well on the same level as Xbox. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird that these two corporations can do this. Yet Epic Games can't make a storefront that is, you know, 50 percent as functional as the Steam storefront. The oh, standard. Yeah. You'd yeah. like to think that Sony and Xbox becoming competitors over the years. Right. And, and it has led to both companies, you know, either declining or rising up and kind of leapfrogging a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, fuck we, we all remember the memes There's the you know mm-hmm. PlayStation had no games. And then it went from that to Xbox lost the console war. And now it's, you know, it, it flip flops all the fucking well, time. When Xbox lost the console war. We thought that, you know, we thought that was because Microsoft was still playing the same game, but turns out Microsoft was, you know, but they, chess. Just, they were cooking something up. They were yeah. playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Like, right. But, but but then you look at that and then you look at like Epic Games and Steam and it's like, bro, you could have been the fucking leapfrog for Steam, but you just dropped the ball so fucking hard. And it, they, they really didn't even try. They didn't. Epic Games is the biggest loser in gaming for sure. Um, be told they are. Yeah. Hey, they they wasted all of that Fortnite money. All of it fucking wasted. Well, maybe not all of the Fortnite Fort- money, but all of the money they used was pretty right. much wasted. I mean, sure, if Fortnite didn't exist, they couldn't afford the Epic Game Store. But if Fortnite stopped making money, they would be out of business. Yes, like, probably, at the very least. The, the the exclusivity deals on the Epic Game Store must be a huge money sink. They've already announced that they don't make money, right? Like, it is a loss leader for them. Yeah. Still. And it's like... They exclusive or timed exclusives. So many games I wanted to play like uh, odd world Soulstorm. I still haven't played it. I'm probably going to play the PS5 version. Oh, fuck. That's right. It's on the PlayStation pass. I could just play it there. Yeah. One of the games for me, Ashen looked fucking badass. Uh, Me and GTA used to like playing little shitty co-op games. And Mm -hmm. that looked like, like a slightly less shitty dark souls clone that was meant to be played co-op from like start to finish. It's like, fuck man, we got to play this, but it's on Epic game store. So it's inaccessible. So it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. And like, what's another one? Um, fuck. I just lost it. It was on my top of my, tip well, my tongue. For me, um, the Hitman series. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a big deal. I just always waited a year to play it. Um, and I appreciated that, but it was still such a massive, like 
blow to me to be have to wait on the uh, newer Hitman series games. To, right. It's like I could get Epic Game Store. I really could. I know that's something that, you know, I'm in the mini- the minority for to refuse to download Epic Game Store and get the get the games there. I know that it makes me in the minority, but like I can't be like I don't support this and then support it. Like that may that would make me a hypocrite and I try not to be. Uh, obviously there are probably some things where I've said things in the podcast and then later ate my words. Sure, mm-hmm. that happens, but like I try not to Yeah. 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 It's like that's the, the reason I won't give Discord any more money uh, ever again. Yeah. So similarly, I also can't support Epic because they don't support Linux. Now there are tools available that make the Epic Game Store work on Linux that are actually super buttery smooth and work great. But I'm not going to use them. Yeah, the only reason I even bothered with the Epic Game Store is because before all the bullshit that came out, the first game that, that they had exclusivity on was Hades, and it was only supposed to be for the beta. Well, it was only for the beta, for the record, but. Um, but that's how they, they announced it. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, new platform. I was like, that's kind of cool. I, I really like I really like the look of this game. I want to play it. So I already had an account and I already had given the money by the time that they started to like full send on like the scumbaggery. So hmm. I don't know if I bought any games after that, though. I definitely t- took some of their free uh, offers. I was like, uh, you, I mean, you're giving it to me free. I might as well. Well, I mean, that was kind of the point of them giving it free is they wanted people to show up because if you have the Epic Games Store um, and you're not one of the people who goes into like Windows to make sure it doesn't run on startup, um, you're going to see it constantly. There's a reason oh, that I... Steam changed from uh, not showing the promo list in a separate window to showing you the promo list mm-hmm. in a separate window on every startup, not just like startup post. Um, yeah. Lo- like computer boot up i will yeah. say, i will say though um i'm pretty glad i i ended up buying a ps5 because I, if you recall several several episodes back i i had justified my 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 team switch over to xbox or i bought one i was pretty happy <laughs> with it for a while but like sony's got them exclusives but got me in a chokehold sometimes right and like my ps5 was collecting some dust uh after i finished armored core 6 and before the next game came out. What was it? Uh, Tekken 8, right? Yeah. Before well, Armored Core was I, Final you Fantasy. Some, uh, you played some uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. I, I did turn up for Mortal Kombat, but that was pretty brief. It was. It was a flash in the pan. That game does not have staying power with me. I'm not interested in the online play, um, which Crossplay just came out, which is funny because Tekken had it at launch. Uh, but, so, but Tekken, well, I was going to say, you were going to talk more about Tekken, right? Yeah. So... PS5 was collecting dust between Armored Core 6 and Tekken, but ever since Tekken came out, I've been putting some serious hours in on the PS5 on a variety of games, but let's talk about Tekken. So uh, I talked about Tekken in our last episode, uh, glowing praise, just like the rest of the internet. I have some updates. So um, we have our first few sales numbers for the first couple weeks, not a whole month yet, just a couple weeks. Uh, Two million units sold. Uh, more than that, obviously. They, just, they stopped counting at two million and said, we've got two million guys. Right uh, now, got to understand that for a fighting game, that's fucking huge. Now, yeah, Mortal Kombat is. sells more than that. Smash Bros. smells more than that. Uh, Injustice sells more than that. That's because Warner Brothers is different 
and um smash bros is smash bros but like if you like ignore those three outlier franchises like two million units is fucking huge um i forget where i saw it but there uh somebody pulled up the metric for street fighter 6 and i don't know if they've even crossed two million yet or if they had uh it was not in the first couple weeks of launch it was after Right. I do know that uh, Street Fighter Six was considered a wild success, though. Right. Uh, well, the bar was low because they fucked up so hard with Street Fighter Five. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, for fighting games in general, the bar is really low. I, 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 I'll, I'll continue to say it. it okay. The fighting game community is just very, or not the community, but like the games in general are very yeah, so, niche. So for Street Fighter Six, according to Capcom, they sold three million units as of January third. When did it come out? Um, June 2nd. So it took them six months. Six months for three million, and Tekken got two million in two weeks. So it's yeah. like, it's a hockey stick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, though, that's a, in, in fairness, fighting games do are a much more niche game, even mm-hmm. though they're like a super popular game group. We all know the most popular game of all time, with, and still to this day, is uh, has nothing to do with like i guess you can fight in it but like that's like a minor thing in minecraft mm-hmm. we fought in minecraft quite a bit i was showing my son pictures of uh, our hero craft oh, no. days I, I pulled up the imager account and i was like look here's uh i, I showed him some pictures of like the events that we did <laughs> didn't you did, you did you teach him with the lore yeah i was like please all, all these heads on the wall <laughs> are players that we killed uh, <laughs> oh oh was it was it the um, I, sorry i meant was I didn't, it, when i said laura i didn't mean like, I, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. no i oh, I, I, I had say, i had pictures from several maps uh not just as i was say yeah you were talking about the heads was that uh from helios or was that the drasticos uh melon uh that was at the bar we, okay so that was the our briefest house visit. of helios yeah yes. our very brief 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 return well we i think we stayed for haven I, haven was the map post um some Ashton. of us did Some yeah. of us did. when I met you guys, mm-hmm. but that we didn't make a town that map. Anyways, uh, I don't want to drag us down the hero craft. Oh, no, no. Um, we could talk about hero craft another day, maybe with a guest, someone who was there. Um, I, I, I would like to do that sometime soon. But yeah, uh, we haven't talked about in a long time and people will have to like go back, listen in like the first episode where we well, things were uh, less it, it, it's high a bar for quality. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a constant in our in our lives. So yeah. it'll come yeah. back up sometime. I'm sure. Oh, I know. Well, when it's the place where you meet all your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You kind of have to mention it uh, again and again and again. Yeah. It just happens. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Tekken 8 is a uh, smashing success. I yeah. mean, it's weird that we're talking about, you know, that is such a great number because like... It, not because I'm, you know, poo-pooing on two million units sold or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm doing at all. We were just it's talking just, about Power World the other day, and it's like... Where it's like 10 times, the, or maybe even more than 10 times that now. Let's see, Power World sales. I know, having the number, uh, or having the magic of the fi- internet at my fingertips. Uh, so, one day ago, um, 15 million on Steam, 10 million on Xbox. Wow. So... Yeah, no, Power World is... Uh, just, They're killing it. I think they've yeah. officially beaten Pokemon. Um, oh, that's a low bar. Well, no, <laughs> well, well, no it isn't, low, low bar, you would think, but people still buy the shit out of the games, despite how point. shit they've been lately. Yeah, we actually looked this up the other day, Dylan. Um, so, last year, 
they like if they were like like the last Pokemon game that came out in 2022, um, it sold 23.23 million sales by the end of last year. Okay, that's pretty high. Yeah, no, it's doing Hogwarts numbers. <laughs> uh, I love that that's a metric now. Yeah, yeah but that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. even uh, like a game that is critically and uh, I want to say commercially panned, but like when we say commercial in this case, we mean the audience. But like mm-hmm. critically and audience scores, you know, really panned the last uh, group of Pokemon games. Yeah, they, they they got a lot of criticism across the board, but the issue is that they, in order to get a lot of that criticism, people had to buy the game still. Yeah, well, a lot, it, it, Pokemon's usually a safe bet. You know what you're getting into. Just nobody knew that it was going to be that crappy this time around. Like, yeah. you, it's your cocaine. Like, you know what you're getting. It's just a little bit closer to crack this time instead of cocaine. Yeah, um, we, we, we have a friend in our group that really hates like uh pre-ordering like to, to a point that he he gets really like angry sometimes about it and i remember i we, when we were armored core 6 was coming out, i was like hey i'm fucking pre-ordering this shit like i'm getting i need this shit day one i'm pre-ordering it for like i didn't actually end up pre-ordering it as anything but um and i remember thinking about that exact same thing it's like the game could be shit this could be the one game from soft fucks up on it could have been, but I'm gonna two, buy it anyways. But they fucked up. The, wait Souls. a minute, they fucked up the last one, Armored Core Five. So I mean, oh, that's you it, know, that's well, I sorry, I meant in like recent years stuff. <laughs> You're right though. That's actually that's what, very true. What are, what very are true. these Armored Core games, Dylan? Yeah, I've never the, heard of Armored Core Six is the first FromSoft Armored <laughs> Core game, right? Non non Dark Souls game they've done ever, right? Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Very but, funny. But you get my point though, right? Is like I so I kind of understand where Pokemon fans are coming from. Yeah, no, I mean, and we've all got things that we make exceptions for. Like, I, like, straight up, I knew that Starfield was going to be weak sauce. I, I knew it in, the, in my heart of hearts, and I pre-ordered that shit. Oh, I, I, I already know it's weak, but I'm still going to probably buy it eventually. I, I've held off just because I still got Skyrim, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's got, for as much as I criticize Skyrim, it's... There. So I don't plan. <laughs> I don't plan on playing Starfield, but uh, I recently had a birthday, um, a, a federal holiday, so you can all enjoy a day off. You know, thank thank me later. Um, <laughs> you're not even in America, but um, <laughs> hey, you know it's funny that is a day off for us too, just for a different reason. That's amazing. But yeah. um, uh, Sarge actually uh, got me No Man's Sky as a gift on Steam, so I'll play that instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. fair. Honestly, yeah, that like I I'm not gonna dog. Uh, no man's sky like uh, they, they really turned it around it, it was did. it was and shit when it came out though i'm <laughs> i've been looking like i've been keeping a loose eye on their next game um that mm-hmm. one i'm hoping is better day one because it looks very good it could be the one the survival uh, game that brings us all back together um yeah the light no fire uh, light no yeah. fire light yeah. no fire it's no man's sky but on a singular planet and, and it's more medieval more fantasy yeah. and medieval the planet fantasy. is fucking huge like yeah but still, well, like a, a round yeah. sphere that you can traverse completely. Yeah, I think so. And like they, in uh, the point being though, is that they plan on. I think they plan on releasing a feature complete survival game on their launch. I don't think they're going to do early access with it. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Anyways, that's it, what they. I think that's kind of how they presented it. I bet you it'll still be early access, but it'll probably be a bit more complete than your average early access. That's what I'm anticipating. So speaking yeah. of feature completeness, let me let me finish my thought on Tekken, actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, 
no, it's all good. So with Armored Core 6, right? Like, that's a complete fucking game that we all love. Uh, well, what you will love. Uh, and I will one day play it, I promise. love it. You will. It's the one FromSoft game I skipped in the last, like, 15 years, man. Yeah, what's up You're with that? Com- yeah. I Are don't you a know. true FromSoft fan? Ooh. No, but uh, so with Armored Core, right? Like, you could say, yeah, it's a complete-ass game uh, with no microtransactions. Uh, that is completely true, and it's still true. So Tekken... I still assert it is a complete ass game. Uh, when it launched, it had no microtransactions, but they're bringing microtransactions. Some people in the community are fucking up in arms about it, but I think they're kind of dumb. Let me let me tell you why. Right, so they're adding a thing called the Tekken Shop, which requires you to buy this currency called a Tekken coin. Right, instead of just buying directly with dollar dollar bills, that's just a a business that's thing. A that's a common thing. Yeah, it's, yeah you got to buy tokens. But there's yeah, a business reason for it. Yeah. Uh, there's like tax related reasons for this, right? Um, tax related. The fact that every company abuses the the monkey brain just is mm-hmm. secondary. So they're offering costumes. The costumes that they showed during their their dev stream were all classic costumes, like from the older games, right? Except in Unreal Five, and they look fantastic, right? Um, I have a couple that I would absolutely buy. Now here's the catch: they are four dollars, like worth of Tekken coins, right? We don't know. What quantities they're going to let us buy Tekken coins in? Hopefully $4 quantities. That'd be nice, right? Now, Street Fighter uh, also does this with uh, fight coins, I think they call it. And uh, But their costumes are $8. But you, the smallest increment of fight coins you could buy is $10. I mean, that is that is standard. Uh, it's the hot dog uh, bun mm-hmm. issue. Uh, and almost certainly $5 is going to be the minimum you can buy in Tekken coin. Right. Um, and then... Um, I, I'm not familiar with Street Fighter's customization options. Uh, I know they're not as robust as Tekken for sure, but Mortal Kombat uh, they is do even full worse. custom characters in uh, Street Fighter Six. Like you could make mm-hmm. you can make uh, arc style monstrosities should you so choose. Yeah, it's, more, it's... it's actually more robust than uh, Tekken. Uh, it's just in the Street Fighter Six engine. Okay, it's uh, it's borderline um, what uh, Soul Calibur. Yeah, hmm. So a little bit more than Silver. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But um, point is, is that, um, you know, dollars for dollars, Tekken costumes are cheaper. And um, they are. It's an Unreal 5, which is fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1s, uh, I don't have the price in front of me, but I'm sure they're more expensive. And Mortal Kombat is, Netherrealm Studios in general is just really good at nickel and diming their, their fucking audience. They really are. They'll sell yeah. you fatalities that are limited use. Right. And Netherrealm also has this problem of, tying the costumes into gameplay so you get really fucky looking like characters because you need those goggles of plus two critical hit or fucking whatever now i understand that uh being mad because they're doing a bad thing adding microtransactions is usually warranted and i normally would be on the side of the complainers right however uh i i want to quote uh, a tweet i have prepared for uh, i'll put this in the show notes see if you can read it for yourself but uh harada the director of tekken replied to a thread uh, which actually points out that Street Fighter costumes are $10 per costume because of the coin differential. And the Tekken ones are $4. Somebody replies to that guy, says, I hope no one uses it. Uh, This is like some random on Twitter. Uh, You'll see it in the thread if you click the link in the notes. Um, He says, I hope no one uses it. If they saw the money, uh, they wouldn't stop and we wouldn't get a single skin without paying for it. It isn't enough to buy expensive season passes. Mr. Harada, he tags him. You don't even give us team battle, and now you're adding more costs. 
he replies, well, someone else uh, replies, yet you don't have to buy the season pass, yet you can buy each DLC individually, yet the cosmetics add no gameplay advantage, yet there's many old costumes that add great customization system to the, like, in the game. You realize more updates is game development, which is costs money. Um, I'm butchering this pronunciation. And then that same complainer guy replies to that guy. And then Harada replies to this. Uh, But this guy says, Tekken is my favorite game uh, since Tekken 2. I've played them all. And I don't see the addition of microtransaction as a good thing. It is a plague. It does not benefit players in any way. And then he posts a humorous meme of a neckbeard with a knife and says, leave alone the multi-million dollar company. So normally these people would be right. Uh, But I'm with Harada on this one. He replied to this guy. And I'm going to tell you what he said. He says, and I quote, <clears throat> development costs are now 10 times more expensive than in the 90s and more than double or nearly triple the cost of Tekken 7. Even with the fight lounge, servers are costly to maintain. In the past, there weren't so many specs and there wasn't online. Plus, they didn't have such high resolution and high definition. Now, so many people want the game to run and be supported for a long time. It costs money to continually update the game for that reason. However, he probably only keeps good memories of those old games he experienced as a boy and doesn't want to pay attention to those changing times and increasing costs. The economic situation and everything else is changing. If we simply do nothing, as he suggests, the game will simply stop running in a few months. I think that is what he wants. There's no point in talking to him about these realities. He wants us to stop economic activity and stop updating and supporting the game. (laughs) This is the director of the game. Yeah. <laughs> replying to this Twitter random with fucking facts. It's like, I, I'm with Harada on this one. Well, right. like, because yeah. like if there were bugs in our 90s games, they were there for life. Right. Now, I do... There is one thing about this that I am going to raise an issue with, which is the fact that they're releasing the store post-review cycle. It's a little scummy. Yeah, that, That's what I was going to say. That is the one thing that I cannot defend. Because, uh, like... I don't like microtransactions. I under, but I do understand where why they exist. They exist so we can have, so we don't have subscription costs. That's exactly why they're there. Yeah, they they, um, they basically exist so that you don't need to like every time they do like a big patch, you don't need to pay for the patch. Well, not just that, but no, like we we don't have you know early MMO style subscriptions to maintain our mm-hmm. servers anymore because people like enough whales or. Even people just spending here or there for like a cool Tekken 2 costume that they liked on Jin or whatever, right? Like his that particular brand of uh, sweatpants over the others. Um, that's, you know, going to keep the lights on because it's not just one person buying that. It's 100,000 people buying it. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, aside from obviously the fact that they're doing a post-review cycle is kind of weird. Uh, that that's we that that's definitely something to be weary about. I don't I don't think anyone's wrong for being worried about that. They they definitely did but, it to pad that review score because yeah. when it came out, it was true that it is a complete ass game with no microtransactions. That was true at the time. Now it's a complete ass game that has some extra shit you can buy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not I do, mad about I, that. I'm I'm really I'm not either. I think it's one of those moments where like I, I I like to have my principles, but I also don't like to just blanket them. You know, it's like. If, if they did this and then they ended up like it was like $15 per costume and then each of the characters is going to be like 30 bucks. Oh, <laughs> should have bought that $50 season pass. You can't buy it anymore. You know, like some games do do this shit. 
Well, um, yeah, if the complete if game... If they did that, I, oh yeah, I, I don't install the game. I'm like, yeah. I'm not even, not even worth playing anymore. I'll get my if, hype, I'll get hyped about shit that I just will not buy. And yeah, it's, if, it's not worth it to me. When the complete game is like $200 later, that's a problem. Yeah. Like Dead or Alive. That's what people kept comparing it to. They're like, yeah. hey, Tekken's becoming Dead or Alive, and it's like, you're a fucking no, idiot. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Man, if it, if it was actually doing that, like, you, you would see, like, the Maximilian dudes, you'd see the like the, the I guess the content creators. I was about to start listing off a bunch, but you my way. You'd see a, a lot of the content creators start saying, "Hey, man, you really shouldn't do this. This is bad for your game." You'd you'd see the guys that normally are pretty positive about these things be negative about it, and that's not happening, right? And then the tournaments would cease, people would lose faith in the game, and that's how we end up playing Third Strike at Evo. Yeah, Street Fighter Six and Street Fighter Third Strike are going to Evo, by the way. That's good though. I think some yeah. of the older games need to get more life because. Uh, I mean, people uh, still play them. That, yeah, <laughs> rollback frames kind of breath uh, breathed life back into a lot of older games. But like, I think um, there, there's something to be said about like Tekken Eight is uh, Tekken Eight is really good at filling out like a move list, which is nice because a lot of fighting games lately have just been ass at that, like just abysmal at it. But it is still mechanics light as comparative to older fighting games. And some people really like that shit. I mean, it's the reason why dragging Dream, kicking and screaming to any fighting game that isn't Guilty Gear or uh, Blaze Blue is almost impossible. He wants them Look, to install mechanics and uh, uh, all those weird gauges, air right? Air dashes. Yeah, he wants the air dashes. He, he, he wants air dashes. He wants, he wants the... Uh, I guess the installs are nice, but he, he also really wants the, uh, like, uh, bursts. He wants... Um, uh, I forget what they call it. I think it's like a tension gauge as well. And then the tension gauge and the burst gauge can do different things based on how you use them. It, it kind of gives like it, it gives a better mix-up game. I, I will admit. I, I, it's what I really liked. Um, I will say I really like that about Soul Calibur Six. Half the cast or more had like funky mechanics and like extra yes. gauges below their health bar. That was so cool. And I and I think that that's one of those things that. I mean, we just talked about it earlier. Fighting games are really niche. For in order for fighting games to hit a wider market, they have to do di different things. And I think I think people are starting to realize that they don't really like the cross tag battles as much. They don't really like. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of fighting game like long term uh, fighting game fans didn't really like Strive as much as they said they did, um, and you know shit like that, right? Uh, so it's like I think Tekken Eight's a very good middle ground, though. It really is. It's got a, a large move list, so there's a lot to learn, a lot to fiddle with, a lot to fuck around with. But it's not super mechanically heavy, so casual players can still learn it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that it's it's a perfect landing point. But that said, I still think a lot of the or even if they were to make mechanically heavy fighting games moving forwards, but like those kind of fighting games still need to exist, and that's why I'm really glad that we're we might start seeing more of that at Evo because I'm sure there's a lot of people that just miss it. I'm looking forward to watching Evo. I like um, Tekken Eight in general has just been such a great thing for me. I got my younger son to play it. He really likes playing Devil Jin, uh, but he's but uh, uh, playing on simple mode because he's you know yeah four. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, if, if, if for the record, in high school when I, I I had played fighting games before, but this is the first time I sat down with the boys to play fighting games. I I, I played Blaze Blue on stylish mode, so I can't come. I can't criticize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what's uh what what's not stylish. Um, so I have a funny story for you victim specifically yes, let's, let's hear so it. uh you know how uh recent twitter uh there's like a, a what's happening tab that shows you what like trending topics that are either trending in your country or trending in some niche topic you care about or just trending for you yes right um for me trending today uh was xenoblade 2 and i, I want you to try to 
take a couple guesses. Why? Well, why now that you mention it, it's going to be trending for me now too. Fuck, it's no. listening. But um, okay, so I, I, you you did preamble that you were going to mention this, and I, I remember I mentioned um, that we were going to remake, but uh, that was me memeing. No so, remake. It's not that. Uh, it's close. Is, is it some blogger decided to be a po- posthumously ang- angry at the no. co- costume designs? No, this is, uh, I mean, it, it's about bloggers, but not a particular blogger. Okay, okay. Give me two uh, more guesses. Two more. Uh, did hardware, or is it hardware? What the fuck? Uh, did they make a shitty article about me making fun of it again or something? No. Actually, no. I mean, close, but no. I, I, I'm out of ideas. I can't think of anything else. All right. I'm scrolling down to see if I can find it. I remember. I, I think it's Hardware Mag, right? Am I, am I, cra- am I crazy? That's that's who that I'm thinking of. They, they, did, they did a hit piece on JRPGs recently, and that was one of the ones like, like a month ago or something. Like it's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about, bro? There's so many tweets with this clip. I'm going to copy this URL and send it to you on Discord the podcast channel so uh more footage because so final fantasy 7 uh rebirth is coming out very soon yeah and the demo that they released got an update that added more of the game like the the, the ending of the demo was moved out further into oh. the game's content you right? know it's funny i saw that if people uh, like there was a, a trending bit on twitter for a little bit where people were like please give us more we want more i'm like okay we'll extend the demo a little bit for you all right like, i want yeah, you guys to go. look at the video on this tweet and uh so xenoblade was trending because there is a lot of people quote tweeting this saying if this was xenoblade we would never stop hearing oh. about this for years because tifa is so fucking hot her tits are so fucking huge in that outfit it's like I, I, I but everyone's fine with it everyone's fine with this well of course but it wasn't fine in xenoblade when the swimsuits were optional um and he definitely looked at her boobs absolutely 110 percent how- looked how could you not? I mean, I did too. Full, full disclosure. So, like, <laughs> I don't oh, blame. Yeah. I, I am blaming Cloud. Listen, look, Cloud, the camera, you. <laughs> Dear listeners, I'll, I'll put the link to this tweet in the show notes. So you can see what the hell we're talking about. But it's like, uh, for the for the audio listeners out there that aren't going to click, I'll tell you, it's it's the scene from Costa del Sol. If you've played the original, you know, you know, that it's a beach town. So Cloud's there in his swim trunks. Barrett's there in a sailor outfit, and. uh, Eris and Tifa walk up and they're in these really skimpy swimsuits, which to be fair, they're not that uh, skimpy. They I, look I'm, like real swimsuits. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my uh, so I feel like this is something I've been doing a lot lately, but I'm gonna give my review on their outfit, all right? All right. Fuck it, YOLO fashionista victim here. Um <laughs> literally most bikinis are like two cups. That is like a full like sports bra almost, with frills that come up over the top of it. And then they're both wearing skirts. That's not even that's not even bathing suit bottoms. Mm-hmm. It's like Listen, I this Im- is this is not skimpy in the this is like it's, as far as bathing suits go is damn near like as, as the least skimpy it can go. I feel like if I went to a public beach. I would see a real woman wear this real outfit. Probably. Oh, more yeah. than likely. Yeah. Yeah. If or, I, or more. You would see more skimpy outfits oh, at a real beach than you would in, the, in what we're seeing. Here. So if you remember Xenoblade 2, the unlockable swimsuits that you could get, uh, they showed less skin than this. Uh, I was say, they were, you could argue... Sorry, they, they, they were showed... Little... Yeah, le- sorry. They showed less skin than this. That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could argue that they were maybe a m- bit more fetishized. 
just because I don't know. But Japan has a weird thing with fucking full with like one piece swimsuits. I guess I don't I fucking guess. understand it. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand. I it, it's just it's. I think it's the cel shaded cartoony style. Like they see Pyra. And they see Pyra in her regular outfit and her swimsuit outfit. And they're like, this is just a, a sexualized woman. And it's like, I mean, in, in, in not all really. reality, though, no. Really, no. In, 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 listen, if, if we start lumping everybody's weird fucking fetish bullshit into, into everything. And yes, I'm kink shaming. Deal with it. Um, I don't get it. I'll be real. But the, but the real point, though, is that. It, it's like if we started limping that all in, people are fucking attracted to some of the weirdest shit out there, man. Dude, the next you're... time I play a female protagonist and she gets hot under the collar because some bulky dude calls her a good girl, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is there's there's probably someone out there that sees a, you know, a coffee te- table end and they're like, hmm, that's that's really sexy. And I'm just like, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. People's brains are Look, fucking weird, Look, they're into dude. walnut, okay? All I'm saying... Is there are, there are people that are into some weird shit, and it's not even weird shit like gross or or whatever. It's just weird and like like you just would never expect it. And and so, but if we start basing shit on that, it's like, come on, man. Girls are girls would have to go swimming in like a full fucking full fucking wetsuit with like a t shirt and jeans over top, man. Come on. What I want to point out is women in real life can wear pretty much whatever they want. And nobody's going to talk shit about them except for maybe the handful of, like, overbearing conservatives in their life, right? Mostly other women. Or other women, yeah. Or other women, yeah, sure. But, like, somehow the video game characters are the ones that we lose our mind about. That the, you know, I I don't understand. Well, I mean, I do understand it. It's the slacktivism of it all. It's the fact that this is the, like, that this isn't a moral outrage, but, like, Though times it is a moral outrage, it's the uh, it's the Twitter equi- equivalent to thoughts and prayers. We need more Amish women in video games. <laughs> I mean, uh, there, there, I said it. Hey, look, <laughs> my ideology girl is dressed like an Amish woman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <funny>. So, <laughs> that's uh, I have hey, seen. You know what? I'm sure there's a fetish for that too. What are we gonna do? <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? So I've seen a couple hot takes on Twitter uh, that are quoting out of thin air like they, they make it sound like they're quoting an article or somewhere that was in japanese like they they they, they make it sound like they're quoting with authority but uh no one's provided a source as far as i can tell because they're probably making it up but i keep seeing this thing repeated on twitter that is implying that the devs have said which again i can't find any proof of this but the devs have said um they made T- tifa's tits bigger now i think that's bullshit uh because i remember uh, uh her tits in in remake, they they look smaller, but they she's taller, right? I remember seeing like side by side comparisons of her, like her her original model from like the original game and how blocky they looked. Um, and there were some people on 4chan that in a really long thread. I, I wish I had the image saved because it was fucking hilarious. But they they measured like the size of her face, the size of her breasts, the size of her torso in both images, and determined that in FF7 remake they were larger. Yeah, but I think they were actually the equi- larger in the new one. I think, Listen. though, most specifically, it's that it's in more detail and yeah. they added some physics. And it's not chibi and, uh, size. It's like they yeah. look like full size people, right? Yeah, you're, you're not getting like really back then. All you were really getting was like the stand in like, mm-hmm. image pretty much. right? For the most part, other than battles and even the battle characters were not 
that detailed. So in this swimsuit, like her boobs, her boobs are being a little perked up, um, like a swimsuit oh, does in real life. Yeah. Uh, in they've got to hold those uh, massive melons. Listen, in, in remakes, we you wore a sports men. bra. We we should not be the ones teaching these nerds on the internet how boobs work. All right, it feels weird that I. Come I am on, a professional. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, fuck, I think all three of us have have a better understanding of this than I think most. Uh, I'm sorry. I was gonna make a joke. It's a little mean. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck around with it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, Look, uh, we'll quote, we can quote uh, Quiet Shy. We tell them to go touch grass, but then we'd have to call HR. Yeah. God damn it. But uh, let me let me finish my thought here. So uh, she's obviously wearing a swimsuit that is perking up her tits in the remake game. The one before this one. Right. Um, she did wear like a couple different dresses based on actions you do in the game. Like she wears a dress no matter what. But there's like a second one that you can get. Um, so I've seen that. But like that dress is like flowy and it's not holding them up like a bra is supposed to do or the swimsuit is doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like. When, when you think about the physics of it all, I, I don't think they made them any bigger. I think she's just wearing a fucking bathing suit. Well, right. Like, uh, like we, look, we don't have any women here present, um, but we can ask one later when we're not recording. Hey, when you want to make your tits look bigger, do you wear a push-up bra? Because <laughs> that's essentially what this bathing suit is. Now, I'm pretty sure we all know the answer to that question. But yeah, I, 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 well, yeah 100%. I, I speak with authority that I'm right. Uh, so we'll just move on. <laughs> um, so this game's about to come out. I did not play the demo because I just want to jump in because I'm going to get it day one. I, I'm not pre-ordering it. I'm going to go like to the game store when it comes out and get myself a physical copy if possible. Um, which I hope will be fine if, since I'm not pre-ordering it. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, they did do like a, a Sony state of play where uh, which is like an, it's like a Nintendo Direct but for Sony where they spent a bunch of time talking about the game's mechanics and they revealed like how the open world works. And you know what's funny? It's just like Final Fantasy 16. Uh, it's open zone, not open world. So there's going to be several very, very, very large zones. It's not a seamless open world where you can walk Honestly, from one end of the world to the other. And you know what? It looks fine. That's good. Mm. No, fuck it. I, I, I'm actually getting sick and fucking tired of open world games. It oh. was fine in FF16, and it's going to be fine here. Now, this looks more like an open world game because it's like the zones are bigger and there's less hallways in them, right? Uh, like geometric land hallways like ff16 was vast okay like but there's a couple areas like in the marshland where you do have to walk down a certain path to get across the way or across a certain bridge right like that's a given whereas this there's looks still a, Final a lot Fantasy more open seven in front of uh their uh, subtitle yes. they're gonna keep some of their classic hallways right so, well, I was talking about 16, but in, in Final Fantasy 7, right? Like, uh, oh, I thought the, 7, sorry. I, I was referring to 16. There's a couple of like hallways in their open zone maps that you can. Sorry, uh, sorry, Dylan. There, we're talking about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. My brain just kind of slushes after a while. I, I, I get you. I get you. But, uh, <laughs> point is, is that, uh, the zones in this open zone architecture they got going on here, they look very detailed, <laughs> like an open world game, but it's like, the good part of an Assassin's Creed game, like uh, in Black Flag, Havana being so detailed, right? Okay, um, yeah. Imagine like that level of detail, but like all of the time, right? And like, you have to use chocobos to like climb straight vertically on mountains, and there's um, all kinds of like interactable shit. Every single character has a traversal skill, like Yuffie has a grappling hook, uh, Red 13 can climb walls, uh, 
cloud can zip line, uh, shit like that. Right. Um, and you have to use these skills to traverse the area, um, which means you're going to have to switch characters a lot to make it happen. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I think it looks really great. Um, battle system is what you can expect from remake, but there's a couple bit more menus, a bit more systems, including a system that looks a little bit like the sphere grid. It looks more like final fantasy 16's upgrade screen. If I'm honest with you. Um, and it's just like final fantasy 16 It's resettable. You can refund your points and spend them different. Uh, and the entire point of this board, which is called your portfolio, uh, or folio, whatever, no P, um, the entire point is to boost, uh, how characters party together, which includes unlocking, uh, two people skills, right? Where they have a little cutscene, they do a thing together, right? Um, there's a combination for every character. I too like Persona 5. Yeah, it's exactly like that, actually. Well, yeah, Persona 5, there's some Persona 5 DNA. There's a lot of Final Fantasy 16, which is fair because they spend a shit ton of time on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Copying their own homework for a mm -hmm. different class makes a lot of sense to me. But it made sounds by like they got some pen people. in there too. Yeah, it is made by different people. Remember the the remake team or the rebirth team made previously. They made Final Fantasy VII remake, and then before that, they made all three of the Final Fantasy thirteen games. It's that team at Square. Oh Enix. no, I get I get that. I'm saying they copied the other team's homework. Clearly, exactly. Yes, but it's not um, the same people. But yeah. yeah, like hey, can we just borrow your code real quick? I'll change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. but nobody so I think that's really exciting. And I'm definitely going to have more to say next recording because it comes out on the last day of the month. Today is February the 23rd, the year of our Lord 2024. So uh, Thursday next week is the day it comes out. And I'm going to fucking buy it. <laughs> and I'll You're allowed to cough and then we can start talking again. That's fine. <coughs> it's uh, okay. I I know you're okay, but you know. <laughs> I might leave that one in for context because it's funny. We'll see. Um, Anyways, so, <laughs> you know there was one Tifa outfit that you did skip over. By the way, what was that? It's the Italian Sinan edition. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> the gold dress. Yeah. The oh gold my dress. god. <laughs> um, that yeah. was sexualized for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, I will say uh, if anyone's curious about um, the. Uh, the date in FF7. So in FF7, the original, there's this scene where the party goes to a, a casino called the Golden Saucer, which is like a little like little paradise in the desert, right? Um, and I don't know if you knew this, Vic, but uh, based on choices you make in the game, changes who that night you go on a date with as Cloud. Um, most yeah, people I mean, got that's, that's most, the same as most people get Eris, right? That's normal because she's kind of forced on you, right? But if you say certain things to her and certain things to other characters, you could potentially go with Tifa or Yuffie or Barrett. When you go with Barrett, they're just bros. It's, they're just having fun. Yeah, I think uh, I, I can't remember what I did for my original playthrough. I think uh, I, I've hard focused Tifa because Jordan. I mean, let's be real. I already kind of knew a lot of the shit about what happened in the game. Everybody knows about the Eris scene, right. so to speak. Um, I don't know why I'm being whatever, but there's probably a lot of newer players to it. So I guess I won't throw the spoiler out. Dude, so the, the New York Times ran an article about I that. I saw that. What the fuck? They sent man? push notifications for everyone with their app. Like, I get it. It's a very old game. But people were born after that. People just didn't fucking play it. Fuck, I didn't play it until I was like, at like 20. 27, 28, I can't remember the fuck year it was, but uh, yeah, I was uh, much older when I first played it, so it's like, there are people, and it's it, the new release is coming, so they should just 
keep their mouth shut for a couple mm -hmm. weeks. Come on now. So this system is returning in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but there it won't be hidden from the player. You can actually check like your affinities with these characters and what they think of Cloud, right? I, I, I'm gonna be real. Um, not 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 to not to be a Final Fantasy VII uh, stand here. Um, trust me, you, you pick pick Tifa. You you won't. <laughs> I'm actually with you there. So so Yuffie's my favorite, right? Yuffie's always been my favorite, and, and Eris is my favorite for the record. Yeah, but, but I won't match my Cloud with any other woman because, yeah. like, she's like the canon choice. Like, I I won't break the canon for Yuffie as much as I, I like Yuffie. The game might break it for you, but we'll see. We it's haven't like, gotten that oh, far yet. My Cloud certain. is not interested in Yuffie. I'm interested in Yuffie, okay? Like, Cloud can go after Tifa, and I will make all the right dialogue choices to try wow, to make Dylan, that happen. Aren't you a little old for her? Well, I'm fucking with it. I played that game when I was a kid, victim. I, I'm yeah. fucking with you. I'm fucking but with you. let's be real, because New Final Fantasy VII is like, like, Eris-led, er, er, Aerith, if you will, uh, led, say, you know. You use her real name, Eris. <laughs> yeah, Eris. <laughs> yeah, Eris led. You know, fuck the, you know, fuck the canon. We're gonna do what we want. Like that is exactly also, how. Spoilers. How <laughs> spoiler for Final Fantasy VII remake. Fucking uh, timeline shenanigans have occurred, and Zach is fucking alive. Why would we take his girl? The player Zach. knows Zach is alive because we've seen him, yeah. right? So it's Zach's like, alive. why, why uh, would I take that away? <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of changes in this, and Eris is no doubt going to survive. Uh, like I, I hope I, it's a choice. I hope it's like something the player can influence. I would love that. That would be really neat. But I think one of the issues that we're going to run into is we already know it has to be static unless they make a different change in their policies. Because what? Uh, no, no, the, that's the whole point of final, like the end of the no uh, remake so, was no, there. They're they're saying fuck the canon. We're doing what we want. So the yeah. big issue with that is well, not not with what you're saying, Rick, but what Dylan's saying is that save games don't carry over. So in, unless when you play the third part, you get to pick like like how uh, the Witcher does it. You don't need a save file for the Witcher. You can just pick what you did if oh, you yeah. remembered what you did. So unless they do something akin to that, or they change their policy on having save games uh, save file uh, carry over, that they probably won't do that. Is yeah. it'll probably be static. That's a good point. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Well, and you know what? Maybe uh, Jesse will come back around for uh, date night. Dude, uh, forget Jesse. Cisne is in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. She was a character from Crisis Core. Oh. And she has like a new outfit. She's like, she lives in Gungaga now, right? She's not the Turk anymore. And her outfit looks great. She looks great. Is she an ex Turk? I don't know, but if she's a choice, I might just have Tifa kick rocks, dude. Holy shit, Cisne's the ah. best. <laughs> there are a lot of like I haven't, even, I haven't even played the game. Or, or maybe if maybe if if Eris does die uh, in Final Fantasy VII Revengeance, the third one, uh, I'll I'll have Zach go up with Cisne if that's a choice for me. Oh, you know the weirdest thing is it's not called Revengeance. Me, I made that up. <laughs> uh, is that Cloud has a choice at all? Because like they are making Cloud asexual as fuck in uh the current gen games to be fair like, he, he was he like that in the original every girl <laughs> he, he was like that in original it's because he it's because they're trying to like subtly hint that he's got mental problems and nobody sees it and and it Cloud isn't the until... well no mm -hmm. it, it no it's quite literally like the moment shit hits the fan the, the plot and... twist problems with his brain and how he thinks he's yeah. got zach's life he was first class soldier when he really wasn't yeah yeah right
right, he's, right. he's basically going to do like... <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if that's... A, that's not that big of a spoiler. If you if you paid attention, even in the original, you could tell something's whacked with the, with him. Yeah. Just the fact um, that Zack is now alive at the end of Remake. Um, I'm expecting... Interesting. I'm expecting like, many differences. I think that's what they're trying to get ahead of, Like, get a handle on is that even if you didn't play Remake, you know... Uh, Rebirth is this one, right? Yeah. Um, you know, going into Rebirth, things are different. Um, like I don't think Aerith is going to die. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to do that again. I think they may give you a choice in the matter, in some like through actions you make or affinities that you do. Like if you have a girl with higher affinity than her, then you know you don't save her or whatever. They might do it like that, but one hundred percent, they're and they're also the way that they're doing. Every outcome is canon because this is timey wimey shenanigan uh-huh. bullshit. Um, they want to appease like this is appease all the fans that we possibly can at once. I will say though, all if, girls are canon best girl. If they don't name the third FF7 remake game something else that starts with an R, I'm gonna fucking lose it because Red Dead Redemption let us down, right? They did Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's like name it something else. You you almost had a, a triple threat there, and they didn't. And now it's stupid. And it's mm-hmm. like, what if they do that here? I will That's be pissed. <laughs> Rockstar wasn't Red Dead Revol- Revolver. They yeah, uh, they picked up the IP after the they movie. picked up the IP. The games have zero to do with each other. Um, like basically, in the world of Red Dead Redemption, uh, the world of Red Dead Re- Revolver doesn't exist. They're not. They're entirely different canons. There were some hints at some stuff, but in reality, Red Dead Revolver was a bit more uncanny valley. It, it was kind of like pseudo fantasy, like like an old old school western. The only mechanic that remained was uh, Dead Eye, um, and that was and, different. And, and they didn't even you, you don't even you could go an entire playthrough of Red Dead Redemption and never fucking use it. The only time that they expect you to use it is in the fucking ending. Now, Dylan, I will say. I hate them for that. Well, man. actually, no. There is a when you Red learn Dead to use it better. Stand. Yeah, no. There is when you learn to use when John Marston learns to do it better in Mexico. Um, he does. Have oh, to do that's, it. that's um, true. I mean, that's more of a tutorial than it is anything. Yeah. Uh, but so that said, um, now if they make another Red Dead series, Dylan, if they don't name it something that's uh, Revolver or Redemption or some RE adjacent, then you can be upset about it. All right. I will do that. But uh, as for Final Fantasy VII, uh, the third one to me is going to be Final Fantasy VII Re- Revengeance until they come up with a name. I mean, no, Raiden. I'm calling so. it now. I call. I'm calling it now. Reemergence. <laughs> what about reunion? For reemerge. Reunion's a good one too. But they uh, use that for Crisis Core. Like the, the Crisis no, Core remake was called they're reunion. Not gonna reuse it. No, then but, they can't use it. But reunion was a a, a theme in the game. It was ooh, a thing ooh, the Sephiroth clones always oh, said. Oh, maybe. Right? Maybe. Ooh. No, no, no. Revelation. Oh God, no! <laughs> Please, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Rewind. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. They're gonna kill Eris this game, and then in the next one you're going to un unalive her. Final Fantasy VII uh, Resurrection. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Reanimation. I think actually some people have said Resurrection might be what it is. Uh, that's or, a, that's a, that's a popular fan theory. Or it'll be about it, the third game will be the date. And it will be a uh, reservation. <laughs> uh, they're like, see, they're going to be have four games now. Third one's just a it's glorified like, uh, dating sim. Remake, rebirth. That's all. 
like about creating stuff. So like reanimation actually might be it. It would be in theme because remake wasn't meant to be taken literally. It was a uh, the plot was that they they remade their their fates. Ha ha ha! I see what they did there. So clever, Square. I don't know. I I didn't like remake. I, I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if I said that on the show yet. Yeah, you, yeah, were you and Jordan less both than... were not too happy with it. It was okay. Unfortunately, and you know, this is part of the problem with like Starfield's plot, as it were, as well, is timey wimey bullshit was played out by the time these games released. Mm-hmm. But they'd obviously already written the story because both of these games were in development for, you know, Ever? God knows how. Might long. might be a hot take. I think timey wimey bullshit was outplayed the moment it was invented. <clears throat> but no, I that's mean, because that's, they went back in time me. and just made it happen over and over again. Big. But timey wimey bullshit can be done fine. It, it, in, you're right. It, it can be done fine. I think I just have a problem with with certain devices in I guess writing or storytelling, however you want to uh, phrase it. Any writing uh, device where you remove stakes, um, and it's not some kind of silly show or write, like silly story then you you lose a lot of the yes. um, you because then anytime you kill a character we just know they're going to be back in the next scene somehow yeah. or the next I, movie i think the marvel timey... is the problem here so not me i think a good example of the timey wine bullshit would be final fantasy 8 hear me out <laughs> i think it was good after all i mean i always liked it but a lot of people look at final fantasy 8 like oh this is an example of timey wine bullshit gone wrong but like think about it think about the theme of final fantasy 8 right Squall is like thrust into this position where he has this like task he's got to do right to complete the time loop. Um, and he's just like resisting it the entire way. And like, there's this entire theme of like not accepting your fate and like trying to do your own thing. But like, it's not until he accepts his fate that he actually does really well and everything works out. Right. It's totally the opposite of what you normally get out of a final fantasy game. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's really neat. (laughs) Something I really, well, that's actually a good one. Closing the loop. I'm actually, those are the time stories I really like. Like, I, I'm actually okay with the Terminator series, the way they handled that for... Terminator 3 was a garbage movie, but, like, I wasn't opposed to the story in it. I think it was just the fact that when you get that many, um, like, to the third movie of an action series, a uh, sci-fi action series, it tends to get pretty garbage. Very uh, yeah, but, like, because Terminator, you know, they succeed... And Skynet regroups. Like the thing that they keep coming out is Skynet ends the world no matter what they do, um, because that's just something that's predetermined. Um, you know, and that was eight too. Like eight, you're just closing the loop. Like you have, like Squall has to do these things, and by him refusing to do the things, actually, that kind of makes puts him down his path to do the thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like it, it's guaranteed to have as, as has happened before will happen again. Yeah, I think if um, they did a better job foreshadowing that the this type of magic that they practice at Balam Garden, the paramagic causes memory loss. I think the orphanage twist would have been better received and then people would appreciate the rest of Final Fantasy eight and realize it had a really good take on time travel. But like most people just tune out when uh, as far as Final Fantasy eight story is concerned, as soon as the orphanage thing comes up because they they didn't read any of the side content or do any side questing or any reading at all. And so uh, the lore yeah. of the world is unknown to them because they chose not to read it. And so this twist comes out of nowhere. That's actually why in fun, when we when I had my original, my, my seven original playthrough, 
I, I made sure to read everything. Even if I didn't read it aloud, I, I read everything that I came across. Yeah. If you do the same in Final Fantasy VIII, you can see the twist coming because it's like, oh, the magic they practice causes memory loss and none of these people talk about their past. Like, sussy-wussy, right? Yep. Like, yeah. I, hell, even eight-year-old me when I first played eight, uh, I understood that a little bit. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of weird that none of these people have fucking pasts. That's well, odd. And they're, and, you know, it had, I don't think the teenagers saving the world, uh, the harsh world, anyways, had been played out to that point yet, too. So, them being all, like, I mean, they have that problem where they're, like, they're supposed to be, like, school children, but also, like, you know, early adults as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, because wasn't the it's okay. eight cast actually kind of uh, older. I thought they well, were. Well, they're academy students, right? <laughs> so whether or not they're like, or even in their mid twenties, they're still in a like a private school academy where they're learning magic and warfare to be actually, mercenaries. I tell you what, I have a book right in front of me on my desk. I'm going to read it to you. This is okay. the Final Fantasy Ultimania Archive Volume Two that covers Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, and Nine. Oh well. Yeah, let's uh, sit down and have. Welcome to story time with Melomancy. Go ahead to the Final Fantasy VIII section and look at the characters. Uh, Squall is 17 years old, born August 23rd, so he's 17, right? Uh, Renoa also 17. I think the only one that's older in the main cast is uh, his teacher, right? Oh, Dude. and later uh, Texan or er, Japanese Texan, right? Uh, Quistus uh, is 18. She is yeah. one year older. so And she, she's their instructor. <laughs> she's their instructor. Gotta remember, the the orphanage caretakers that they were with created the school, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they're, like, um, maybe, like, one of the first classes that even got through. Like, the, the program must not take long year-wise, right? Yeah. Um, like, transferring into a school, right? Um, and they're probably hurting for instructors if they're taking any random graduated student and saying, hey, you want to teach? Well, right. not only that, but like, in fairness, she's probably, you know, a qualified mercenary. Also, at 18. Let me read you her world, bio. Because their world is very stabby. So according to the Ultimania, let me read this out loud. <clears throat> the youngest woman to ever become a seed, she gained the rank of instructor at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. Implying that she was a seed before that, right? Yeah. So yeah. she's actually a fucking stable genius. All right. She's well, right. <laughs> she's a genius and... I imagine because seeds are mercenaries, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Like, um, so yeah, she probably has seen some mercenary life, did a couple years of that, came back. So she probably like, like, yeah, no, she probably graduated when she was like 13 or 14, like 18 or 18. Well, when we get to Final Fantasy 18, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, Final Fantasy eight is not a happy world. Right. Um, like even more so than like Shinra controlled, um, uh, uh, seven. I think eight is eight was like their dark, edgy um, one coming up pa- after Sad Boy Cloud. Yeah, absolutely. Let me read the rest of this bio. Um, so, gifted with both beauty and brains, she is adored by her students, some of whom have established a fan club whose members call themselves Treepies. Yet, uh, she also has a streak of immaturity and she loses her teaching qualifications when she fails to properly guide problem students Squall and Cypher. Uh, after becoming just a regular seed, she joins Squall's group on their way to Timber to support them as their upperclassmen. Because she is just a year older than them. Well, She's you know, 18. if somebody could stop 
uh, Squall and his buddy from stabbing each other. That would go a long way, but man, like, being the specialist boys that use gun blades, I guess they've got to fight over it. So, all of the other characters are 17, by the way, including Selfie and Irvine. Laguna, at first Irvine, introduction... Really? Wow. Yeah, even Irvine. Laguna's 27 when you first meet him in the flashback. Um, older, obviously, when they meet in person at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kiros is also 23. Um, ben, I think he's like 40. And uh, Ward is 25. Cypher is 18, like Quistus. Um <laughs> Yeah. I always got the impression that he was older. Um, Fujin and Raijin are also like uh, 18 and 17 respectively. Uh, so they would be upper classmen to yeah. the main party. This ultimate guide has so much little trivia, <laughs> including like deleted stuff, concept art, <laughs> things that didn't make it. But like, I fucking love Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII is, uh, it, other than tactics, it was the first Final Fantasy game I ever played or watched be played. Because it, it was at my friend's house, and, you know, back in that day, one of you had to be on the controls. Yeah. He, he was a bigger fan of Final Fantasy VII, but that's okay. You're allowed to like your spiky hair boy if you want. I think eight would have been better served with, like, a proper remake. Mm -hmm. Where eight. a lot more of its lore is pushed into the main story. I think so, too. And oh, dude. I something... saw, on that note, though, uh, I saw an article, or was it a YouTube video? It was either a YouTube video or an article. I think it was a YouTube video that cited an article. Uh, but apparently, the localization was kind of bad for Final Fantasy VIII. I believe that. Like, Squall yeah. doesn't just say whatever all of the time. Like, in the Japanese version, like, he's he's thinking different shit that could be translated to whatever, but, like, it's always context-specific, right? Oh, the blue-haired localizers were at it even back in the 90s. No, back, back <laughs> then, it was more of a case of they, they got a guy who vaguely knew Japanese, Right. Well, uh, right, because that's what you had available. No, no, or I was just making he knew joke, Japanese, right? but he really wasn't that great at English either. No, right. that's possible too. It, yeah, it was uh, Larry in the office. <laughs> like that was your localizer at the so, time. Yeah. The localization's not so bad that you can't grasp the story. Like if you read all the optional shit, you'll understand like where magic comes from, why there's no TV. Like but all, Japanese, all that's just explained. Might spell it out a little bit more yeah and um, what squall's thinking was no exception he doesn't just say whatever all the time he has context specific commentary all the times that he says oh, that so he's not quite as emo as we think he is no he's no. not uh and i didn't know that until i saw that video which cited that article that explained all that because yeah. someone who knows japanese and english played the game in japanese and was like hey what the fuck like yeah. <laughs> um i don't think any uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think there's a single final fantasy protagonist that is this really full-blown emo like people used to think, like remember Cloud that way, but Cloud really wasn't like that either. Let me tell you about a wonderful uh, game called Stranger in Paradise. Final Fantasy. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, fair. Game oh, of the year. Just... <laughs> that year. Um, there well, was, he's not uh, emo. He's 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 edgy. got a bit of brooding, and but he's more yeah, edgy he's, than emo. He's angry, and uh, he listens to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I fucking love that scene, dude. They knew what they were doing when they made that game. Oh, I love just it. Just to it, dude. Uh, Perfect. Mm. No, the I think the spinoff games you're allowed to have edgy protagonists if you want. Uh, Advent or not? Damn it! Uh, I guess Circle, no, Vincent no. Circle of the Moon's a uh, um, uh, Castlevania game. Shit. Uh, yeah, the Vincent game. Terrors of Cerberus. Thank Cerberus, you. That's right. Yeah. I just remember that like his opening scene, he's brooding, and then he's looking mm -hmm. at the moon, brooding at the moon. He broods in like four different positions in the opening cutscene. And they got no, fucking gacked to the, the soundtrack. It, 
emo mm. character for for Final Fantasy VII, not Cloud, but everybody remembers Cloud that way for some reason. I don't know if it's because it, it might have been Evan Children. I can't remember. Vincent also was barely in the fucking game. Also, in the early two oh, thousands, right, yeah. everyone that had like spiky hair like that, like they just people had a certain opinion about it. Like in the nineties, you know, people would sp- I, I spike. I was that kid. I spiked my hair. I had frosted tips, right? That was cool in the 90s. But in the 2000s... I think I had it for a little bit too, yeah. In the 2000s, it wasn't cool anymore, right? And so spiky hair was like an emo thing, right? I guess that's fair. I never really thought of it like that. Yeah, no, it definitely changed out. Uh, And then it became a boy band thing. And then it became an anime thing. Hey, you know what? The the boy band road trip uh, makes uh, homage homage to it um, with uh, the ice dungeon, if you remember. Yeah. Yes. he, oh, he, your tips are frosted. Do they look good? <laughs> I love that. Final Fantasy 15 is so good. I recommend it to everyone, even to this day. Uh, Though I like 16 but, better. Yeah, so um, what else have we got in the agenda? Well, uh, you will hear more about Final Fantasy next time when I get my hands on this goddamn game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing more about 7 to be, well, 7 2.0. Um. So. I, think, I think it's uh, I think it's time to move on to our main story. Oh wait, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, Vice. No, it's not. No, it's yeah, not. yeah, absolutely. Our main story. Wait, Vice. wait. No, it's not. Hold on. <laughs> oh, we forgot oh, something. Not Vice. For, hold on about Vice. We forgot something. Uh, oh, Elden shit. Ring. We for- oh right. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Elden Ring released a trailer for their DLC. Uh, here's what I know. Like a year I'll, later. <laughs> so people have been waiting for this DLC for a long fucking time. It's not the first DLC they've made for a Souls-like game, right? Um. But uh, it's going to be 40 bucks and it's going to be their biggest Soulsborne DLC that they've ever done. Right. Um, the the guy Miyazaki said it, like the new zone is going to be like limb grave size. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. I haven't played Elden Ring yet. Don't worry. Uh, the people who have played know what you're talking about. Good. Uh, and there's going to be many bosses, one of which is as difficult or more difficult than the hardest boss of the original game. Uh, the the one that had the the, the solo her guy, right? That yeah. boss. There's going to be a boss just as hard as that. Um, but the part that cracks me up is that the release date is June 21st. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I don't know if it's it was. A, the, so there are two two theories here. So if uh, for those of you who know already what we're getting at. Um, great. Good for you. Those who don't. Um, the character that you play as in Armored Core 6 is called 621. The release date of the Elden yeah. Ring DLC. So, yeah, Dylan and I uh, have brought up the two logical conclusions here. One, it was a reference all along. That's uh, Dylan's. And mine is <laughs> they decided after the fact. <laughs> so <laughs> I, they, I got, they could. I got a bit more of a meta take for that. So it's something that a lot of people don't know, because unless you're fucking entirely brain rotted on this shit uh, and you've seen every fucking minute twice of Vaddy Vidya's videos and combed the games yourself. Probably wouldn't figure this shit out, but uh, Miyazaki's a troll. He's an asshole sometimes. Fair. And um, the, so what it, what it more likely is, is he did it on purpose because he knew people would see it. The same way he vaguely links Demon Souls, which, for the record, he doesn't even really own the rights to anymore, like, fully. Um, so he kind of can't. Like, if he directly links them to Dark Souls or Elden Ring or otherwise, uh, there's probably legality issues there that he would have to face. So he can't. But he, and and he's, he's adamantly said, oh, no, they're not connected. But then he leaves little hints here and there. And it's like, bro, stop it. Like, he put, uh, there's an armor set in Dark Souls 3 
that's present in I think it's I think it's Demon Souls. Or no, it's Bloodborne. Sorry, it was Bloodborne. It's like, oh no, no, they're not connected. They're not connected. It's like really they're not connected. Then why the hell did you do that, you asshole? Come on, man. Anyways, long I mean, story short, it's it's very much him trolling. It's it's a reference he's making, but he's not gonna elaborate. Hey man, Armored Core and the Dark Souls games have been connected all along. They both have Moonlight Greatsword. And Moonlight Greatsword. <laughs> they have Moonlight and and um it, they Armored Core six is using the same engine as Elden Ring as proven by uh The Modders. So oh, well, yeah. not just the modders. Oh my like, god, victim. Yeah, there was one guy AC six or ACs in Elden Ring. They're to scale when you do it in the engine. So yeah. somebody put oh, what was the name of that uh Liberation Front vehicle, the big one in the beginning oh, of the game? Um, oh, the Strider. The Strider. Somebody oh. put the Strider in Elden Ring and it like covered the whole map. Like, I mean, lengthwise. Like it crossed yeah. the entire map. Because it's, it's that big. bigger than the Erd tree. <laughs> Damn. Uh, oh, you're talking about the Zuli video. I, yeah, I, I Zuli. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> what'd you think of the trailer, Vic? I, I mean, to be fair, the trailer gives a lot of information that I feel like the average player is just gonna be like, oh, that looks neat. That's cool. I don't understand it, but I'll figure it out when I play. But the thing is, is that it's it, it's it's fueled talks now. Uh, where I think the longest one I've seen is uh, there's an old older school lore YouTuber did eight fucking hours. Not even Vaddy Video hasn't released his video yet. Uh, so man's taking his time, but like these people are, are going like on like full fucking work days worth of of combing this like three minute trailer, uh, and it, rightfully so, honestly. Um, like people are going back to the game now. Uh, so the big bad guy that they show off, his name is Mesmer, and we, nobody knew who the fuck he was. But the fact is, is that he's actually been talked about in the game just by his title, not by his name. People are going back through the game and combing it, combing for it and shit. But um, that's it. It looks really fun. It, it looks it, 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 in in the past. Dark Souls DLCs have been the better half of the games. Uh, like Dark Souls One is remembered as finally as it is because of its DLC. Dark Souls Two, same thing. Uh, in fact, it, people play Dark Souls Two only for its DLC, uh, which is another story entirely. But that's how good its DLC is. Um, Bloodborne, same thing. Uh, people anticipate they're in their Bloodborne runs to go back to the DLC. Um, and Elden Ring will probably be the exact same. It, it'll, it'll be the best part of Elden Ring. Uh, I don't know if we have any viewers that uh, are still like to skip out on that stuff, but I'd say uh, this is the one time that you're you're justified in, uh, <laughs> in jumping in. I still need to get on it. I, I'm still borrowing the disc from Jordan. So... <laughs> Um, I, this is not the vice thing, but damn, there was such a good vehicle, uh, for other stuff. Strider? Talking about, (laughs) no, talking about, yes, that, well, no, actually everything I've seen is the Strider is a terrible vehicle, Dylan. Uh, (laughs) uh, but, uh, no, the, no, about the trolling, uh, cause, uh, yeah, remind me about trolling when we talk about the final topic of the evening, um, cause, Miyazaki is not the only one who likes to do a little trolling. <laughs> Man, he trolled an interviewer recently too. He was like, he's like, you know, I, I've come to realize I really like Poison Swamp. Like, no, you didn't. You didn't just realize this, Miyazaki. Listen, any any long time long term fan knows you knew. You're, this is you can't pull that. You can't pull the wool over our eyes like that. We already Look, know. I've been through at least one of his swamps, 
and I hated every second of it. And you knew he put it there on purpose. We, we already know this means like yeah, you didn't just the best learn way this. To get, like there are two best ways to get through said poison swamp. One is to poison yourself to a lesser degree. <laughs> and the other one is to hold uh, the sprint get button scrub. and pray. Yeah. Hold the sprint button and spend an awful lot of time using the awkward as hell jumping uh, to skip as much swamp as possible. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair to him, I, I do kind of like the the ever like present danger or risk uh, factor that because like really Dark Souls doesn't have that without like the poison swamp. That's like where like it really puts you on tension because it's like you got to pay attention to your health bar always. Uh, I, I wonder, not, and, and you know, poison removal items are pretty abundant, so it's not like at the end of the world either. But. So, so my first form soft poison swamp wasn't a Miyazaki po- uh, poison swamp; it was the Karasara poison swamp, the fucking uh, missile base mission in Armored Core One. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean his... that's pretty much the same fucking thing. I'll be real. Yeah, that's fair. So Yashiyoshi Karasara only made like the first couple Armored Core games, but he's remembered very fondly as he's been uh, immortalized as one of the the legendary weapons in the game in every game. Yeah. But uh, he was the producer for uh, first Armored Core game, and holy shit, that level kills me. Like I recently replayed a bunch of them, yeah, as does. you know. That's and the um, point it kills you. <laughs> it's even purple. Like it's a purple gas yep. in the missile base, and it's like taking your health away really fast, and you have to finish the mission really fast. And it's like, uh, I, I I know where he gets it from. <laughs> I think it's just a FromSoft uh, staple. Yeah, damn you, Karasara. At least they learned <laughs> from the Shadow uh, Shadow Tower Kingsfield days. Back then, dude, the traps didn't even have tells. You just had to remember from your previous life. Had to remember old, from the last old, time you died. Old game development shit that I'm glad went away, honestly. Okay, so I want I want to uh, pop a bottle of champagne as uh, Vice is shutting down its doors. I already finished my my alcohol, but I I am I, with you in spirit. I have oh, I don't have an actual bottle of champagne because I didn't plan for this. Because honestly. We've been like I say we there the non grifter style like journalists have been saying that the apocalypse is coming and it keeps coming little bits and pieces at a time and it usually attacks the places I like most like crack.com um but finally one of the one of the giants has fallen you know it's considered kind of crass to celebrate people losing their jobs but it's different with these bloggers because like like i feel for all those poor game devs that get laid off right because like oh of course it's the management they get a decisions. good job and yeah. now they've got to go back their shit but the bloggers for these sites like vice are kind of complicit in like a really like shitty thing that they're doing and it's like the 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 shitty stuff that they do doesn't pay the bills anymore and they're dying and it's and like also the consequences of their actions. I do want to point out that they're not like, like, because Vice.com is ending, not Vice. The actual digital digital media, um, I think, is yeah, it's just shuttering its independent news operations. Yeah, I was gonna so, say they're probably still gonna do the documentary stuff. Correct. Like, which, in hit, all fairness, the documentary stuff pieces. isn't the end of the world to have I mean, going. That's the, but... I don't know. That's the manga hit piece. Was the documentary club? Is it? Oh fuck! You're right. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, but Vice Media Group will still exist, and they're only losing, uh, quote, um, several hundred positions. So it's not like the like they've been prepping for the shutdown for a while. 
like if you're shutting down your like a news group uh, or like not yeah if you're shutting down like your news operations and only a couple hundred people are being fired it, you've been prepping um so like yeah i i don't know if this is a tell that more of these people are going to have to uh go join luke plunkett and the other uh shills on um not second wind lesser wind lesser wind uh it's aftermath.site and don't go there don't give them clicks those people are the worst yeah um yeah no aftermath is hot trash when it's wild that there are like very visible better alternatives for news and somehow these guys managed to stay on top and relevant you know like, that, re that reminds me actually uh i made a well someone friend of the show kindly donated uh their phone number free uh legacy blue sky account so i Oh, received yeah. it and i renamed it all so the mailman's podcast now on blue sky motherfuckers now on blue sky and i could see what these aftermath.site fucking bloggers are saying and blue sky because they uh don't post a lot on twitter because you may notice on twitter there's a lot of people that that still post that have like blue sky names as their display names uh because they're they're trying to subtly advertise to you that they primarily post on the other network right now that's usually not actually true and they're either cross-posting or posting the same thing in both places uh, but for these like activist blogger guys that rather than posting about actual activism, they try to invade a space like gaming, like Luke Plunkett, right? Um, yeah, fun times. They they they've been posted on Blue Sky and they are full of themselves. I don't have I don't have any examples prepared today, but I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, I actually follow a couple of the like from a couple of previous waves of. of uh, layoffs i guess you could call it or firings however however you want to go about that and a lot of them are like that they have this like weird arrogance about them and it's like bro well journalism is important be, they can't certain. be wrong but <laughs> the, the way the way it makes some people then is like come the fuck on it's i mean like, games journalism isn't that important but you get my point their entire brand is being correct so uh when they're proven wrong about something they try to hide it or avoid it you know, they shut up, hide it, or tell you you're dumb and stupid and racist. Yeah, that's what. Um, uh, back on the subject of Final Fantasy VII, um, there was an article from the Gamer, our favorite blog, right? Uh, longtime enemy of the show. Uh, I, I swear. <laughs> the, the, we'll keep the, giving them shoutouts as long as they keep existing. I I really doubt that there's any humans writing for the gamer I, I think it's all ai generated but uh well that's why we're so yeah. polite to them by mentioning them because when the, our ai overlords take over we want them to keep us around as their right. competitors so the gamer right they wrote a really pretentious article with an even more pretentious headline about how from what we can gather from the trailer and the demo final fantasy 7 rebirth is full of background characters that are queer and that's cool, right? But their headline said it's the best representation Final Fantasy has ever had in the franchise. That's bullshit. It's also they, just flat out not true. Did they not play 16? Like, 16 is banned in fucking Saudi Arabia. Like, I know I mention that a lot whenever we bring up 16, but it's like... That's a great example, honestly, Western though. devs could never. In fact, they don't no. for money. No, they don't. Um, at, like, that's why they're... You know, well, Western devs I, I, will sell you a feature-ish mm. complete game, 
and then sell you the the queer relationship DLC as an add-on that just conveniently doesn't go to Saudi Arabia. That's what Actually, Horizon Zero did. Dawn did. I was gonna say I was about to bring up Horizon Zero Dawn, but then <laughs> mid sentence, I was like, "Wait a second! They did have fa- there is famously one horrific portrayal of a lesbian character that every blue hair holds up as like the quintessential. This is what lesbians are, which is Ellie from uh, The Last of Us, who uh, whose sexuality in the original game was explored in a DLC that was totally optional, right? Yeah, that was. But the Last of Us. Oh shit, you're right. Last yep. of Us Two is the only time, and everybody who doesn't agree with her is a big and a fascist. I forgot. Yeah, it's really poorly written. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah it, these they, they, people never actually say anything. They just imply that they have said something the other time, like previously. Because, yeah. uh, like, we open, like, after the uh, the jolt scene when we first play as Ellie, um, you uh, get a sandwich from a guy, and uh, he's, you know, was apparently shitty to Ellie previously, but they didn't have the balls to actually write what Dude. he said to her. I, I reinstalled TikTok recently and I saw an ad by the PlayStation account that was like a slideshow and it was like, uh, what are these characters doing instead of answering your text? Like, here's Leon Kennedy and he's like doing his hair. It's like too busy doing hair care. Here's a couple other characters with doing something that is relatable to them. They get to uh, fucking Joel out golfing. Fucking wild. The official PlayStation account posted this meme and I was like. I mean, that's pretty funny, though. I did laugh. <laughs> but I, I think the issue that that proves, though, to me, is that they are shitting on what effectively what were originally their fans. Well, actually, let's be real. The intern that runs their social media account is doing that's, that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> My bad. I'm uh, pretty sure the, truth there too, yeah. the, the people steering the ship at Naughty Dog uh, want to only cater to the fans that stuck around after last of us part two if you hold last was part one very special and didn't like last was part two they don't want you well i mean like it, it, all you need to know is like the reason why i don't like to is it has nothing to do with like joel's death it has nothing to do with the way that ellie handles the ending i mean i think those are kind of shitty the way that they're handled is sure but like that that doesn't kill a game for me the the real issue is that they're they're not Joel and Ellie. They're different characters entirely. And you go like, oh well, over time that happens. It's like, well then show me that. Fucking prove that to me. They don't do that. It's the same issue I had with the new God of War. They're like, oh, I'm the new reformed Kratos. It's like, then show me that. Stop fucking telling me, you pricks. Nope, we don't do that here. Something just broke him, and we just never get to know what it is. It's like, yeah, <laughs> man, what the fuck? What? Like, I looked at that, and I'm like, obviously. God of War, that's not what people really bought the game for. Let's be real. They bought it because they like action games and they see the high price tag and like that means quality. And it's like, that's it. That's that's literally the mindset that goes into people that play this game. And if you're a dear listener, if you're a God of War fan, you're thinking, what the fuck are you smoking? Uh, I I acknowledge Kratos does grow from God of War 2018 to the end of God of War Ragnarok. There is growth here. However, I, I really liked God of War 3. And uh the Kratos and God of War 3 and the Kratos and God of War 2018 are two fucking different people. Hey, like, start. They, they, they really attach them in the free DLC uh, where God of War uh, 3 Kratos does make an appearance. He just doesn't say anything. Right. He just stares angrily at New I Gen actually Kratos. like that. So the reason he doesn't say anything is because he tried to get uh, Christopher Judge to do it. And he said, no, hire the old guy. And they wouldn't do it. So they made Fuck him silent. Why? That's Chad behavior. He's Absolute actually had some Chad. pretty cool moments. I, I, I wasn't certain what to think about him for a bit. 
Um, most That's what sold been, it to me. Like, okay, maybe but, he did deserve that award. Okay. <laughs> he, he, I mean, fucking uh, at the Game Awards when he He's made fun of Call, the Call of Duty campaign. Oh, Dude, my God. That was so good. Um, Thank you, Christopher yeah. Judge. I, he's, he's big chat. He's, he's a good guy. So speaking of, you know what? This actually works for a great transition as well. Speaking of people who uh, have said things about maybe, well, not reprising roles because they don't exist in said universe. Um, you know, I'm doing my part and I'm bringing to you the news about Helldivers. We got to talk about Helldivers. Too. It's our biggest story of the night. <laughs> yes. Um, so Casper Van Dien from uh, Starship Troopers fame, uh, Rico's oh, Roughnecks. Yeah. He, in a Twitter exchange with uh, CEO, because the Helldivers Arrowhead CEO it's is just a, just, just a Chad. Yeah, super active and says all the right fucking things, <laughs> uh, too. Um, had a Twitter exchange being like, we should, like, Rico said, like, said, hey, I should totally, you know, we should have some sort of collaboration. And the CEO's like, you're fucking right, we should. We need some roughnecks in here. Oh, my God. So it, so, it was his actor that said that? Yes, Casper Van Dien. So, oh, okay, my God. I, That's so I, cool. Casper Van Dien has played Rico in every voiced role of Johnny Rico, as far as I'm aware. Um, I did some digging because I was a little bit wrong about how the uh, movies played out. So in the, the three live-action movies are in canonical in order um he's not in two he's back in three and in the two animated movies he's playing johnny rico in those and those are actually four and five respectively uh in the movie series i thought the animated movies took after the uh book uh, but i was wrong oh okay yeah no after that i was like well let me look up uh, some more about casper van dien and yeah, he's reprised his role of Johnny Rico in every version of Johnny Rico the, uh, that I'm aware of. That is fucking amazing, actually. Um, the only actor in the movies to do so, by the way. <laughs> um, if I was in that movie, I would fucking do it, too, because like that movie is so good. Yeah. We watched it recently uh, on my, my birthday. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, because, uh, you know, would you like to know more? It was movie night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what more movie could be appropriate in this era? So in this post about, Helldivers world. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Helldivers too. The we got to start from the top. We got to start success. from the we got to start from the top for the dear listeners because uh, I think we might have made mention of it that it was coming out soon in I a previous so episode, too. but like I, none we of were, us expected what was going to happen. Yeah. So okay, Helldivers. I was much in the same boat as Arrowhead. Um, so Helldivers one had like seven thousand concurrent players at once. Like um, at that peak, was, right? I think yeah. it's peak was like 10k, I think, actually. Yeah, but yeah something so like it, that. Low, it, low in comparison to modern day. Anyway. It was a PS3 yeah, yeah. slash Vita game. Um, it, yeah, because it originally was a PlayStation exclusive that got moved to Steam later. Um, that is some like that is something that they like you can see in the old advertisements that will like say PlayStation exclusive uh, on it. And I don't know if they released at the same time or if they made that decision like on both platforms. Because that's that sometimes happens. Sometimes they'll be like, "This is an exclusive," and then it'll be on multiple platforms, uh, like day one. That ha that has happened before, spe specifically with console and PC. Um, but anyways, so this is uh, a PlayStation PC exclusive, and all the Xbox guys can just you know play on their PC because they all have PCs too. Uh, 
<laughs> and so it is uh, set in a a world where managed democracy runs rampant. Uh, it, look, the Earth is fascist. It's great and hilarious because it is very much in the Star Starship Troopers camp of fascism. Uh, I'm doing my part. Right. And, you know, if you would like to know more, just fucking go to the wiki, man. It is... Uh, the wiki covers all just, of the encyclopedia entries from the previous game. If you don't want to know more, go fucking buy Helldivers 2 because they've upped the server. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> we need help. The trees are beeping. <laughs> if, if you go into Helldivers 2 and you just go into it with a bit of a, like a, like a slightly cynical approach to how dialogue is going to be delivered to you, I think you'll you'll understand everything you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they may, like, everybody in the universe is super earnest about loving democracy, and managed democracy. Um, don't worry about what managed democracy is. It's not important. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. Under, you'll understand. It, it, it'll be made It's not democratic at all. Right. By, like, by calling it managed democracy, I think you should, like, that lets everybody with even the slightest cognitive function going on upstairs know that it's not actual democracy <laughs> and i don't know i kind of wish i had an, an algorithm that voted for me <laughs> i mean it's you live in canada <laughs> don't worry oh fuck it he's a socialist he's with the robots am i so the or am i the robot in game there's a bunch of propaganda about the factions you fight <laughs> it's a co-op is it an extraction shooter? I'm not sure if that's accurate. It's, I think it's closer to Warframe. You go in, you do objectives, and you leave. You extract. Right. Warframe, typically, that is how Warframe plays. You go in, you do objectives, and you extract. Unless they've changed Warframe. If they've changed Warframe, let me know, Dylan. No, no, uh, that is still correct. Uh, though there are there's more things you can do than that in Warframe, but that's still the core loop. Yeah, that, uh, that is the, the core loop here. And... One thing that I really like is, you know... Let wait, wait, let me finish my oh. point. Uh, so, in-game, uh, there are these propaganda pieces that you get to hear on your ship and that describe the other factions. It's a co-op sh extraction shooter uh, and... Uh, well, Warframe-like shooter. And uh, there, there, right now, there are two factions that you fight. There was three in the previous game. More on that in a minute. Um, but it's bugs. I think Starship Troopers, right? And uh, they're called Terminids. And robots. And... <laughs> The game and its characters, they they refer to the bugs as fascist, even though they don't appear to be very intelligent at all. They're just bugs. Um, and yep. then they call the robots socialist, but they provide absolutely zero evidence uh, as to why that is. They just, it's like, they're socialists, therefore they're bad. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's fucking hilarious. Like Exactly. It's funny because they, they give you no evidence that actually proves that they're socialist in any way. It's just... They're bad it, because they're socialists. It's so funny, too, because a lot of the characters <laughs> will talk about it as if they are. These are free thinking, intelligent life forms. It's like, oh, man, I'm I almost feel bad for the bugs and how they live without democracy. It's like, bro, they're literal insects. The fuck you mean? Yep. It's hilarious. Well, it's okay, so, so good. It's so funny. Uh, I'll give a little bit of context for the bugs. The bugs are from the previous game. They're the only one that we know for certain are from the previous game. A hundred years in the past or so we're. Again, so we're told. I do want to point out, having looked in the lore, that could also be false. Because <laughs> um, we, the the state news is the only news, and <laughs> we we can see how propaganda does things like that from time to time. But 
that's beside the point. Digging into the lore is difficult because they only give you a little bit and it's all like voice lines from characters who are saying outright terrifying things like it's the best thing ever. Uh, so the the bugs from uh, produce oil when they decompose. Uh, they produce element 710, which if you flip that, is oil. Like, so they're literal oil. Like they don't produce, yeah. they don't just produce oil. They are the oil. Yeah. Yes. They produce oil when they decompose. Um, and so, yeah, they've got farms of them that they saved from the last game. And uh, sometimes they break out. Uh, but also, I do want to point out the Super Earth government from the last game was more than willing to um, make uh, release bugs so they could start a war with them. <laughs> like that was something so that may be what's happening on the planets here too is they're releasing the bugs on the planet and then they're getting out of hand <laughs> um i don't know exactly what's going on that's not my job to know my job is to give my life for super earth and uh, manage democracy that's right uh, so i there think there are a ton of memes that everybody gets into and it's uh, fucking great it's so great so with the robots uh there was a faction called the cyborgs that has suspiciously the same logo uh as the robots so it's mm -hmm. kind of implied that you know one begets the other right yeah um, no that's definitely an implication um they also have a lot of human-like behaviors like if you're shooting at them you they get some pre suppression effects they become less accurate they can't see you through smoke and you would think that you know robots would have no trouble Red. seeing you through mm -hmm. smoke um they also so like uh, in their outposts, they're like hell diver corpses that are like propped up like scarecrows, like the the their torsos are run through yeah, with a stick. They also keep like human corpses um, in cages too. Like it, There's the, the robots are the least robot of too. robots. Yeah, the the robots are the least roboty roboty robots I've ever seen. Um, there was also a third faction in the original game called the Illuminate, which is referred to in like the news ticker in some of the videos in Hell Divers too. But I don't know who that is. I did, uh, not, so the I did not look at the wiki. <laughs> I, I, I did look at the wiki. Um, so they're fish people from an ex, uh, they're extra galactic. They, the Illumint were like scouting outposts and uh, colonists that they, uh, that Super Earth decided to fight. They had, uh, they fought them over weapons of mass destruction. That might sound familiar for those of you of similar age to me. Um, and yeah, because Super Earth discovered that they had Super Earth discovered they had advanced technology that um, I think it was Senator Killjoy was the name of the guy in the first game, and he basically was like any advanced civil any civilization more advanced to us should know their place and uh, are going to get wrecked by us. This reminds me of the Hylodols uh, from uh, Starbound. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're fish people, um, and uh, they put out that. So as we went from rocks to bullets, they went from uh, they did the same thing with electricity. So that's why they're like, like all our energy weapons, for instance, I think come from them. Um, same thing with our force shield, um, things like that. I think the first um, game you yeah. pretty much snuffed them straight out. I don't. I don't know. The I don't think of we how. go to a different galaxy. 
but so at least in the Milky Way, I think we've snuffed them out. But also some of the propaganda I discovered is if and when Super Earth loses a war, they just move Super Earth. Well, like their government to a different planet and name, rename it Super Earth. Oh, yes. If they did, <laughs> we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. And that's always been Super Earth. It's it's very 1984. Um, except for instead of being a poor bureaucrat that decides that uh, he needs to be free thinking, we're a part of the system. And damn, is it good to blow up bugs and aliens? Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, mechanically, it's a very good shooter. Um, it is got a very balanced like movement system. Um, there are still a few things that they're ironing out, and that's fine. Um, given the responsiveness that this team, because I think Arrowhead itself is only like a six-man like development team. Um, then they've got you know the other things that support the developers that are a part of it. Because like when we typically say developers development studio, we have we are talking about a whole studio, but like there are only like twenty developers typically <laughs> you know, in smaller. Yeah, projects. it's a pretty small studio, and they they refuse to. Uh do temporary hires because it's like okay mm -hmm. the game's really popular we didn't expect it we have a lot of work to do but if we yeah. hire a bunch of people and knock it out quickly then we gotta lay them off because then well not only that but the, the and the ceo again fucking chad is like well we have to balance also new hires because if we hire a whole bunch of people all of our developers are going to be spending their time training the new hires not fixing that, the immediate problems that too yeah, no, they're they're fucking wild. Oh, so one final thing that I really need to say about this, because trolling is not only something Miyazaki does in the config file. There is a link um, to what, what is it? it? Let's see. Oh, settings. This is. Um, where did it go? Oh, there it is. So line 79 in user settings, uh, survey URL. And some of you might recognize this URL by either the beginning, DQW, or the end, XQ, uh, sorry, XCQ. Um, if you don't recognize that. I don't. <laughs> it's Rickrolling. They put a fucking Rickroll in the user settings, Dylan. That's fucking amazing. Oh, my God. And I double-checked. I saw this on Reddit. And I double-checked it in my own config file. That's great. Um, um, so I'll, yeah. I'll add my thoughts. Uh, so we're talking about Helldivers. So I think what's really interesting is that um, I wasn't right away planning to get it. I was like excited to hear if it was going to be good or not, just because I have a PS5. But like I was already locked and loaded on Tekken 8 and Final Fantasy coming out. I did skip Persona Reload. I was going to get it. Ended up not doing it. But um, as soon See, as last I, episode for more. Yeah. As soon as I'm done with Final Fantasy, I, I got to get on Stellar Blade. Like I got I got shit coming out that I'm going to play. Right. But then this game came out and it was like I saw a couple videos of people having a really good time. And I was like, it's 40 bucks, American. Fuck it. It's my birthday. I bought it. Yeah. Right. It was an early birthday present to myself. And so 
I bought it. I remember I tagged you too. I was like, hey, I've become a hell diver. I'll let you know how it is. And I was actually trying to like, like I, if I recall my messages correctly, uh, after I played for a little bit, I actually did not advise you to buy it. I was like, it's like a patch or two away from greatness. And I think I was right. Um, yeah. Because I know, Vic, you uh, did not listen to me and bought it right away. And uh, you couldn't get in. And when you did. I did not buy it, actually. Uh, a GTA forced it upon me. Oh, he bought it for you. Uh, even better. He, he, he likes to do that uh, on, on a whim a lot of times. <laughs> GTA likes to force games upon you. How dare he? But like, uh, you have it. Rick has it. GTA has it. I think Dream has it. Um, I don't have a massive friends list. I want to point that out. Uh, like, hang on. Let, like, on Steam, I don't have a massive friends list. Um, I have, I think in total, 40-ish, 45-ish friends. And thirteen, and I want to point out some of them are people who haven't logged into Steam in, like, who might be dead, like Drasticos. Um, right. They, uh, 13 of my friends on Steam, 14 including you because PlayStation 5, uh, have it. Like, that's a full, like, almost third of my friends list with this game. I think. Yeah, about a third of my friends list has this game. That's how wild the like this success is of this. I'm also experiencing the same thing. I, in fact, I have Steam open right now. Um, I have two friends who want it um, that don't have it. And okay, I, I only have one friend that's playing it right now. But when we started recording, I had like 10 friends playing it right then and there. Yeah, no, it's all wild. in full squads of people who aren't my friend. And it's like. Everyone yeah. fucking bought this game. Everyone I didn't see it coming out this game. My brother-in-law bought the game. I have yet to play with him because all of his friends bought the game too. So he's like not hurting for an extra player. Yeah, um, no, I, I did see the because we're also Steam friends. So yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> it's like there's so many. And this has not happened it, in so long. Right. Well, I think it is the new Warframe. I, I really do. Um, because unlike so unlike Warframe, this is not a free to play game. Um, there is a buying cost, and b because I, you know, I am a stand against microtransactions mostly, um, so I do have to mention there are microtransactions in the game. However, based on things that the CEO has said, um, and the evidence that I've seen in-game, I think they are truly entirely optional. Um, so not only are they optional, you can get the paid money resource from rare vault things that you open yeah. with one or other player. So, yeah, so there are, you can get a reasonable amount of the currency just playing the game. Um, there are, you can discover them in the map, like, so you can beeline to objectives, do the objectives, get out, or on the map you can do other things like secondary objectives, um, destroying, like, nests or hives uh bases whatever right like things like that and then there are minor points of interest that can have supplies or uh like supplies to use in the field or supplies to take home for use and um there is a battle pass that uses so uses a uh, another earned resource that you can just get playing the game it, you actually can't purchase this resource either progression is primarily tied through this one like for like cosmetics and personal equipment are all tied through this mm -hmm. it's a battle pass system everybody hates battle passes sure but what the ceo has said um and i take this with a grain of salt until you know 
because I don't have any proof of it other than, you know, like a one-off comment by the CEO, is that the battle pass isn't going anywhere. Yeah, from the basically the way I understood it is if you unlock the battle pass, so like the premium battle pass, let's say, right, you pay that 1,000 currency to get it, uh, it, you just keep it, and you can unlock the shit from it, like, years down the road. At yeah. least, that's how it seems, based on how he phrased it. Quite entirely, yeah. you've misinterpreted it, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like, and um, so that makes me feel much more comfortable. And you can unlock it through premium currency that you earn in mission. Each battle pass has... Um, each battle like, pass is worth a thousand, has, and each of those little vaults gives you like what, like fifty, a hundred? No, it, it's like somewhere between ten and thirty, I think. Mm. But you can earn, but you can spend some medals on it, like on several pages. So the battle pass is done in pages. You have to spend certain number of medals to unlock the next page, and uh, most pages, if not all of, no, all of them. I'm looking right now just to verify. Um, have one hundred uh, credits. One hundred. As- oh. Or 50. Or 50 in the base one. Yeah, as you start to get, uh, yeah, once you get to page 6 on to page uh, 9, there are 50 credits. You're pretty much damn near guaranteed to unlock it by just playing. Also, none of the paid items have been broken. That's one of the things that I've really appreciated. Um, The CEO mentioned this. That was on purpose. Like, the only cool thing you get out of the premium pass is, like, the revolver, which isn't more effective. It just looks cool. Yeah, it's it's a revolver in a swarm based game. It kind of sucks, <laughs> honestly. Like, well, I mean, the revolver's fine. The issue is like more bullets means more better typically in this game because um, it is a like so their difficulty ramp up in this game is not more health bar. Also, we don't see health bars. I there is not like there is no fucking on screen clutter. Everything that's on the screen is stuff that is valuable data to you. I would, there's I an would option. Take some of that clutter, if they let me. But yeah. there's an option to turn on like uh, a hip fire crosshair. Uh, but like, I turned it off because I thought it looked better without. <laughs> I don't use it. I've, in fairness, I cheat a little bit. My monitor has a built-in uh, function, which is two clicks away of turning on a little red dot in the center of my screen. Cheater! No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I that's mean, fine. That was the la- I was gonna say that was the as soon as I got this monitor, that was the last time I ever used that uh, third party shit for uh, Planet Side because <laughs> I didn't need it anymore. <laughs> and, and I bet you that was better to the Pixel because the Pixel is off by like an inch or not an inch. It was off by like a, a couple it's pixels. Off by like a pixel or two. But yeah. it was enough that it was well, fucking annoying to look part of at the sometimes. Problem with the, well, the part of the problem with uh, that one is their uh, red dot was uh, an even number of pickle, pixels. Yeah. So pickles. <laughs> yeah, an even number of pickles. Uh, <laughs> and so it was hard to center it. But, like, they've got an in-game... Like, they do have the Superstore, which has typically... Well, as far as I've seen, unless they expand it at any point in time, has two outfits that are rotational. I'm pretty sure I've seen one of these outfits from before I started playing the game. So I think they are already rotating through the superstore. That's what there I aren't that many. That's what I was wearing before I unlocked the uh you might not die when you die armor. Um now there the there are perks on these armor pieces, but they seem to be repeating, right? So you really just need one of everything and then it's all cosmetic, right? Like uh I had superstore armor that gave me the uh recoil more better uh when you lay down but there's there's battle pass armor that does that too and they have the same stats it's totally cosmetic right and right now i have the battle uh the regular battle pass version of the uh 
you you don't die when you die maybe armor but like if the superstore had cool looking armor that had the same ability i might pick it up just because it looks cool but like i don't need to pay money to get that effect right that's the important part there's no actual advantage to spending money on the game spend money because you like it and people fucking love it so it's like i think they're gonna make lots of money um from their store just because people want them to to go the distance and support the game for a long, long time. Uh, I think part of the story that we forgot to mention um, is the capacity. So it's kind of like a running meme that it's like really hard to get logged in. I think as of today, that, that should be fixed. To, yeah, it's up to 700,000 concurrent potential, I think. Right, that is uh, a today update. It is, the limit is now 700,000. It was previously 450,000. And uh, before that... <laughs> um, AFK, there was no AFK kick. So some people who got in were holding their spots overnight, going to bed, leaving the game on, um, not getting kicked from their ships. <laughs> now there's a 15 minute kick uh, timer. So I don't think anyone's going to have any trouble getting in unless the game just gets even more popular, which I wouldn't be surprised because it's fun as hell. Like, um, I, I I remember I was in a Twitter thread the other day with the brand account and uh, somebody was uh, talking about how... Um, you know, some games have like stories that you just don't forget or, or are unforgettable moments, right? Um, but like Helldivers 2 is like a lot of fun and the story is like almost optional, but like it, yeah. it's, it enhances the experience in every way possible. But you know what? There's still unforgettable moments like uh, that's what I, my reply was actually is, um, you know, there there are some moments that uh, stick with me forever in video games. But like there are moments that's, that will probably stick with me forever in Helldivers that I'm having every fucking time I play it. Yeah, no, the first <laughs> time I hit a big alien directly with an artillery strike will live in my brain forever. Or, or the time that we accidentally killed the charger with a supply drop. Uh, yeah. Or, or when you accidentally stuck yourself with a supply drop and you couldn't oh, yeah. escape, couldn't you couldn't escape, escape yeah. the pod. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. you were no, guaranteed well, to die. Yeah, I don't know how I stuck myself because I threw it forward, and I guess look, it's a game. Sometimes the physics be physicsy, or the server has a hiccup at that very moment, or, or yeah, something. And, yeah, look, I, I'm not going to be mad about it. Death is not a punishment in this game. That is something I really enjoy. Um, like, you have a certain well, number of lives. Eventually it is, but for the most well, part it isn't. But, like, no, no, no. I'm saying, like, at the end of the mission. So, like, if you complete the objectives, everybody dies. You still completed the mission. You just need to extract to um, get a little bit of bonus experience and money and uh, also your samples, which is a currency used for upgrades. Yeah. Um, but every, like, it sounds like a lot of shit when we say it out loud, but, like, it's actually very like everything is very compartmentalized so it doesn't feel like it's too much because in a technical sense there are six currencies there's three types of samples there's requisition which is the default gold money whatever uh, metals and then the peg currency um that sounds like a lot but everything is compartmentalized so you only spend samples on things that require samples. Requisition is only used for stratagems, which are the big booms, or um, additional equipment that you can't just carry in your back pocket. Um, and, like, the medals are only for the battle pass. Like, that's And the peg currency is only for cosmetics and unlocking the premium battle pass, which is much shorter than the main battle pass, too. So it doesn't require you to double your playtime to complete both because you can't just buy medals. Yeah, I think they handled it pretty well. Yeah. No, I like it, they did a good job. And in, I, in all reality, too, 
I think the real issue that people had with Battle Pass, is, aside from the fact that it's still something you have to pay for usually, uh, is the FOMO side of it. And they seemingly already got rid of that too. So it's like, there's not a whole lot left to hate, I guess. Yeah. I'm hoping for a future in Helldivers 2 where they, they do make more Battle Passes that are premium, but like every single one they've ever made is on the purchase page for your 1,000 super credits. Right? Or you at least get to keep the ones you paid for. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, At the very least. Based on what the CEOs has said, dropped in, and this was dropped in a Twitter thread, so I don't know how like if, if, how true it is. Based if Harada can spit facts in a Twitter thread, so can the fucking Helldivers guy, okay? That's fine. Exactly. True. That's a good point. So yeah, so unless you know we go back on our word here, then yeah, it will be forever accessible to you, um, which is nice, because that's like taking off the time pressure. Oh yeah, that's another thing. They're like, hey, you know, I understand you can't buy the game right now. Obviously, as a CEO, I want my game to be successful, but, you you know, buy the game later. He told this Twitter random that if you spent your last dollar on my game to sit in queue, I would be heartbroken. He said that. Yeah. And the, the bloggers picked that up and they, they made a bunch of articles about it because it's like, what a cool thing for a CEO to say. It's like, who is this man and why is he so cool? Why don't they make more games? Probably because yeah. they only have 20 people in their studio. But yeah, but. They've, they've made a, I think this is their third game. Um, Helldivers one being their second game, and I think the other one was a gauntlet game that was part of the IP gauntlet. Uh, but I think it was a really shitty one. No offense to Arrowhead. No like it happens. We to be fair, it was a fun game. It just was a game you was required that you play it with friends because it was kind of yeah. lonely to play it solo. Gauntlet yeah, and, peaked at uh, Gauntlet Legends. Yeah, and we don't were, at me. Ob- yeah, and we were also looking, you know, at this game. Like, this is a third-person shooter, um, and their last game was a top-down uh, four-person co-op. So, like, we thought, like, we're like, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this transition. And they fucking did. This is some of the, like, best. I don't know if it's the most accurate shooting I've played in a video game, but it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, like... I want them to tweak some of the primaries a little bit because um, definitely there is clear best in slot guns. The balance for the guns is do, kind of you know bad at the moment. Do you know what blew my mind? What? Uh, it's using the same engine as Helldivers 1. Really? Which was discontinued in 2018. How did they fucking manage that? Uh, lots of it effort. Looks like it's, <laughs> it looks like it's Unreal 5. I know it looks like Unreal 5, but it's actually Autodesk uh, fucking whatever that was called. Oh, my God. Jesus, fuck. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it was discontinued in 2018. So they had to, like, tweak it themselves. They they don't have any support from the company that made the engine. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because, like, the cape physics made me, like, go, like, wow, because everybody gets a cape. That is part of being a Helldiver. Um, you can't unequip the cape. You always have one. There are many capes. Yeah. Yes. And each one are more patriotic than the last with yours being the most patriotic because you're wearing it. Um, but like here, I'm going to read some, like I'm going to read a, like a couple things. So the paid Cape, I want to like, it's called will of the people Oh my God. and they get little like a sentence or two about these. <clears throat> the will of the people contains a grain of sand from super earth so that it's barrier bears carry a small piece of Liberty with them wherever they go. That is the kind of writing that we get in this game, just so everybody... There's, is a, there's a short cape. I think it's on page two. You should read that one. That uh, one's really that funny. Independence Breaker? Uh, uh, it, it's the short one. The short cape. Okay. <clears throat> this cape's 
Cropped length symbolizes the brevity of galactic conflicts, thanks to the efficiency of the Helldivers. They're cooking. Yeah, Liberty's Herald. (laughs) The two stripes serve as a reminder of the two pillars of successful military campaigns, attack and further attack. Oh my fucking god. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, (coughs) that that is the level of, like, writing that we're getting for this. And obviously, you know, the armor doesn't necessarily say. uh, Our armor is notoriously weak, so the default armor is this are the B1 tactical or whatever. Uh, this armor is the Super Earth standard issue, made from the same titanium alloy as the Destroyer's Hole. Like, mm. <laughs> is it? Because I'm pretty sure those automatons shoot me in the head from a great distance, and I instantly die. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you can, yeah, everything that I've seen has just fantastic writing in it. Um, oh yeah, the uh, yeah, like in the loading screen tips. You know, it's like remember to take breaks. If you want to be remembered as a traitor and a coward. And then it has like some real like non sequitur uh, messages on the, the tips and the loading screen. Like uh, don't drink and drive. There's no yeah. vehicles yet in this game. Uh, and Perfor- there's- yeah, be sure Remember. to fill out your CO1 permit before performing any acts that could result in a child. Remember <laughs> freedom. Remember freedom. <laughs> yeah. Tip. Yeah, don't die. <laughs> yeah. Like this game has just fantastic. Like there's clearly like a big lore Bible that exists in the studio to make sure that everything follows the right tone of voice. But they I mean, can only give us like the meme version of it. They're just forced to watch Starship Troopers. They probably time. didn't write anything down. There's only 20 of them and they made uh, the previous game together. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, there's probably some notes. There has to be there. Almost like their lore Bible could only be like a hundred pages, but they most definitely they have a stick lore to Bible. their okay. guns very well. Like yeah. in a way that even JRPGs don't manage to do, man. So yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a single slip up yet. Um, and anytime that anybody's found anything that they might think is a slip up, it's not actually a slip up. It's something like no, they just move Super Earth every time they lose until they re- and that's now Super Earth and always has been. Anyway, oh. I feel like we could talk about Helldivers all night, but I guess uh, it, my closing argument is that uh, nobody expected this game to be as fun as it was, and uh, I certainly didn't expect every single one of my friends to buy it. Yeah. That has not happened since Minecraft, I feel like. I mean, we all jumped on Warframe when it was, like, fresh, right? But it was free. It, it's all free. It was always free. Uh, it's easier to do that. I still yeah. play Warframe, but like for different reasons, and you guys all quit. So it's like, it's weird to compare it to Warframe. Uh, but if 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 you were there in our group, uh, when Warframe was popping off, like we we did raids and shit, like we were famous in the community Honestly, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny too because a lot of the bigger guilds couldn't figure this shit out, and they. I, I don't know if it was Trent projecting or what, but he, he was he was certain they didn't like us. Like, they knew of us for the small little baby guild that's beating their ass and uh, some funny shit from back then. I still wear on my Warframe shoulders the uh, little thing you get for completing a yeah. raid because you can't get them anymore, right? And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to put this on every single fashion frame I do because it's like, I was there, it's rare, motherfuckers. Even back then, <laughs> dude, people were not completing them. The, right, it, it, the big guilds had to bring in people to teach people how to do it. They were too hard. Like, 
Well, it, it's just one of those ones where, like, everyone's so used to playing Warframe in, like, a solo capacity. Even if you had four other people, you're fucking bullet jumping your way to the end, gunning down everything you see in your path, and it takes, like, no time at all. It, Warframe was only a hard game when you pushed it to be. The raids were forced difficulty. Mm-hmm. Now, and people just were not ready for it. Not a single fucking person. But then our group, who was ready and used to this shit, was like, bro, we got this shit on lock. Yeah. I mean, Warframe has since removed the raids, but they did add like new challenging content that is actually hard. So it's like, it's not like there isn't an end game. It's just, it's not what we played. Uh, I love it, uh, but I'm not expecting you to come back. But everyone has fucking Helldivers, so I'm just going to play that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> like, has Helldivers. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Um, what, what, what was that, socialist? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, one thing I want to mention before we uh, wrap up, I didn't know this, but apparently the Elden Ring DLC it has a collector's edition. That's a first. I don't think I've ever seen that one before. Why, though? <laughs> it's 250 well, it's USD, and I'm going to be real, I'm kind of tempted. I mean, if, anyone, if anyone's seen me stream or any of the pictures I posted for back and whatever, I got a I got like a ton of Dark Souls uh, figures from buying their collector's editions over the years. Kind of tempted. Kind, kind of tempted. That's a lot of fucking money, though. That's, it's a that's steep like, price. That's almost 400 Canadian. After tax. Uh, after tax, that's definitely 400 Canadian. Well, I mean, that's a lot of Canadian. <laughs> so I don't know. I probably won't, but I'm real tempted. Time to I'll, sell an organ. I'm real tempted. Anyways, that's been the Melomancy Podcast, episode 82. Uh, Victim, you've been streaming in the morning. What's up with that? Yeah, Where can they it's find like, you? Uh, <laughs> well, you can find me on my Twitch channel, uh, A Victim of Gaming. Uh, and I've been streaming in the mornings because I basically told myself I was, I was, I was kind of stupid of me to, to limit myself to a schedule when I realized I just it's not, it's not going to work. Uh, I would like to eventually true go back. fans will be there no matter what. I, I would like to have a schedule. But I just don't live life like that. Like, for instance, I, I, I talked about it a little bit. I, my mom is in and out of being sick and she has some other like like issues and so on and so forth. So I, I usually try to be around to help her. And if she if I know I'm gonna be needed for the day, I just don't really lock myself into anything. Whereas streaming was the big thing for that, right? So the I guess the, the point to that is but like okay, she is up all night because she has a weird sleeping schedule too. And streaming at that point in time usually was it was fucky. But if I'm awake in the morning when everyone's asleep in this house, why the fuck not? I just pulled the, ripped the bandaid off and said, fuck it, here we go. And it worked out. I actually uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. I was I'm more awake, more uh, alive, and it felt better. So I know you're playing some new game, and we were, we were going to talk about it, but we're already over time. So we'll yeah, have to we save can, that. Yeah, we can talk about it next time. It'll, it'll still be relevant. But you're also playing Cyberpunk, and you're getting, getting itch, inching closer to that DLC. I'm really excited yeah. to watch that. I haven't been spending a whole lot of time watching when you uh, stream Cyberpunk because I know you're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my time's super limited, but like I'll tune in when I can. But I'm super excited for you to get to the actual DLC and seeing sh- stuff that you haven't seen before. Um, but no, Cyberpunk the- alone is so much worth coming back for. It's so Dude. good. I'm excited for the DLC, but I'm just having fun playing with the new shit. If Helldivers didn't come out and I finished up Stellar Blade, Final Fantasy VII Remake whatever else I want to maybe in the backlog, maybe tells of a rise. Like if I, you know, wrap all that shit up and hell divers didn't exist, I would, I would probably play cyberpunk again, another run yet another. 
what is it? I think it's worth six? it. Uh, Round six? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 they, they, I, I think there's some things that I'm a little annoyed about it, but we can maybe talk about that more after I fully immerse myself in it on like a later podcast. But, mm. but for the most part, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. Anyways, you can find me on the Noster Network. My Noster address is dialon at melomets.cafe. Melomets.cafe also being our forum that you can sign up on. I am uh, sending all of my thoughts and prayers to Mr. Moon. Uh, Ship Poster Club is still down. Uh, we mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, I might make an alt account just because uh, I feel like I might need one <laughs> at this point. But um, Well, you need to check on sports. Yeah. Like I, I feel cut off from my my internet friends. So, uh, I mean, my other internet friends. So it's like I might go make an alt account just to have one. But uh, w- once SPC's back, I'll, I'll that's where I'll be. Uh, so oh, don't get yeah, it twisted. No, this is just Dylan talking to himself. Everybody, make it, throwing his voice to sound like different people, and then he uses careful mixing to have us talk over each other sometimes. <laughs> yeah, didn't you know? I actually don't have any friends at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Figments of his imagination. See you later, everybody.